guess we're live, folks, on the good old Facebook machine. And Pat's poking at his screen. Are you poking at me? Are you trying to poke me? I don't really want to know about that. Poker? I hardly even know her. <laughs> I'm going to leave that one alone. <laughs> I'm just going to give you the look. <laughs> I mean, that's fine. I get weird looks anyway these days, so it's all right. That's okay, guys. How's everyone doing this glorious evening? Well, since I've been better. We're, <laughs> since we're in October now, go figure that shit. You know, September um, has come and gone. And now we're in a good old October's. I I had an interesting day. Oh, I, uh, do tell. Did you meet Michael Myers? Because everyone wants to post about Michael Myers on fucking Facebook these days. And the social media train. Woo woo. It's Halloween month, Pat. That's what I was getting at. Okay, I know. And you know, of course we <laughs> saw that saw that trailer last night. And you know, my dad leaned over to me and said, Do you really think this will be the last one? And I said, Hell no. No. It would I be said, glorious well, if it was. I said, you know, I said, well, it definitely should be. And of course the trailers may certainly make it seem like that there's supposed to be some sense of finality to, to this and everything. I said, you know, they'll reboot it in like 10 years or something or other. It's like, you know, like it's like no 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 so anyway my interesting day so uh my parents came over and helped me finally get a few things hung up in my apartment but we still have a bunch to go um because we had some difficulty with with one group of things but then uh it was getting kind of late and like i was like hungry i said let me buy you guys dinner so um ordered from like a local pizza place and was having it delivered with the slice service mm-hmm. you know oh, about that gotcha. and, what you're talking about yeah all all i'm going to say about slice after one experience with them is they suck no do not use them now i had a bad experience as well there there is a kind of a silver lining to this but even so so the place where i was ordering from i could have easily driven to it's just that i just didn't feel like it you know it was kind of tired at that point and just trying to veg out watching college football you know so it's like i don't mind paying for delivery fees and, and stuff like that you know because that's you know helping somebody else basically mm-hmm. the way i look at it yeah so i so i've never i never ordered from this place before for like a delivery or a takeout or anything so okay. it's the first time i've used this app so i go through the registration process i you know pay for my order you know, there's like a there's like a delivery fee. There's a small support local fee that they also charge you. I'm like, fine, whatever. And of course, they want you to tip the driver, which I have no problems doing. Um, but I, of course, live in an apartment building here. And the thing with my building is that it's not really like apartment numbers per se. It's like it's it's like an address. Mm-hmm. So my address is what it is. And like the person who lives next to me, it's like, you know, two numbers higher, but with the same street number and, you know, street name and everything. Mm-hmm. Now, like the buildings have letters outside of them, which are, you know, in pretty big letters. So I've learned from the first couple of times placing delivery orders from like Pizza Hut or Domino's or Papa John's or whatever the hell it was to make sure that I put the building number. Otherwise, it seems to confuse these poor drivers. So I did that. I put a special instruction. I put like, you know, in addition to my address being on the order, of course, I said, it's building G. I said, 
please call. We'll come downstairs. You know, so it's like, yeah, I'll come out. I don't mind just get, grabbing in the elevator real quick, just coming downstairs and you just hand me my damn order. Right. Well, it gets to be the delivery window and I haven't heard anything. I haven't gotten another text message saying my order's on the way or anything like that. I haven't got phone call or anything. And then goes past the delivery time frame. So I go back onto the app and I start chatting with somebody and I'm saying like, hey, I haven't got my order yet. Uh, what's going on? And on the app, it's it's saying that like uh, that the order was still, you just said it was in progress or on the way, but it didn't say anything else. Mm-hmm. And she's now telling, and then the person who had a, uh, it was a name of a female, I don't remember what the rep's name said it was, says, well, our status is showing this order is delivered. Can you please go check? And obviously there's nothing right outside my front door. So I'm like, son of a bitch. So I go all the way downstairs. And yeah, it's just sitting there inside the front door next to the mailbox. That's where they left it? Yeah, just sitting there. Just fucking sitting there. I have no clue how long it's been there. I obviously, of course, also would have no clue if anybody else would have touched it or anything. Mm, so I grab the order. I grab the order. I bring it upstairs. You know, I say to my parents, hey, I hope you like it cold. My mother's like, well, I'll just reheat it. We'll just reheat it. Turn your oven on. You know, and, and everything. So, but I'm just like, I, I'm pissed because I left instructions saying, hey, just call me and I'll come down and get it. But even without that, I got absolutely no notification of any kind that the fucking thing had been delivered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what was I supposed to do? Guess? Be there waiting? I mean, so I go back to the person. And I'm like, okay, my order's here. I said, but this is a very big problem. I have no idea how long it's been here and yada, yada, blah, blah, blah. And just was kind of generally complaining, which I think was perfectly reasonable. Person comes back saying, I'm sorry you've had this bad experience. You know, we will pass the uh, things along to the appropriate people uh, and make sure that these kinds of things don't happen again. Thank you for using our service. Have a great day. And before I could try to type anything else in, because this was like a chat session thing and everything, the rep closed the chat. (laughs) Yeah, that's common. I said, you have got to be motherfucking kidding me. I start ranting and raving, and my mother is like, eat your food before it gets any colder. So I, you know, Peace Porch, not Peace Porch cold. It was just cold. (laughs) Um, I ordered a cheesesteak and fries for myself because I didn't feel like pizza. The last time I had pizza, I kind of had a bad reaction to it, like with my acid reflux. And Mm -hmm. it was from the same place. So I I was just like, eh, a little worried about eating your pizza right now. So I'm, I'm eating my food and everything. And then, you know, as soon as I'm done, I get back on. I go back into the app and like my order's still up and I open a new chat session. I get a new person and I just tell them, I said, I'm absolutely livid. I said, my order was delivered. My instructions were ignored. I received no notification of delivery. I got on with another customer service representative who gave me a ham handed apology and did absolutely nothing for me. I said, I am beyond angry. I said, you will do something about this or I will never use your service again. And I will make sure nobody I know ever uses your service again. All I wanted was the delivery fee and the tip refunded. I would have been satisfied with that. Because then I felt like because then I felt like I paid for the food, which the restaurant did their part. You know, I'm not mad at the restaurant in any way, shape, or form. So I felt like I've paid for the food and that's it. 
Well, they refunded the whole order and gave me a $5 credit for a future order, which will expire within 30 days. And go. so now, of course, I feel guilty because they refunded the whole freaking order. I wouldn't. I, well, put it this way. If by some chance the restaurant will not get the money for the food that they did prepare and did nothing wrong in preparing, that would bother me. I certainly hope that's not oh. the way it works, but I don't know with these apps. So that's 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 uh, that's just that place compensating for the mistake of that delivery service. Like down here, there's been, it's been on the news and in whatnot locally that like Slice and DoorDash, even though DoorDash is extremely popular. Um, Uber Eats and all that jazz that a lot of places have stopped using them because of the fees that those places are now charging these these companies, the food yeah. services like Marco's Pizza is a, is a local place down here. And they I know um, Marco's. Stopped. I had it in Indiana. Yeah, yeah they they stopped using um, DoorDash. They were using DoorDash. But then it's on the flip side. They don't have enough people in their establishment to make all the orders for the people that need delivery so it's pretty much you you you, they're making the food and you got to go get your food now so they you know that's another thing so it's 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 all this stuff going on you got these places overcharging hiring people who are shitty drivers and just don't give a shit and just don't follow instructions that you're that are given and then you know people are complaining about it and then when they stop the services and they're saving their money now they don't have enough people to <laughs> they can't hire anybody to deliver so it's everything's hey come get it so it's yeah. it's it's a it's a lot going on I, with that still unfortunately actually, yesterday yeah my similar to pat's not exactly but i ordered bob evans and there's a bob evans like i work in an outlet it's like an outlet mall there's mm-hmm. not a lot of stores left in the outlet. There's only like 16 stores left and there's not a lot of food. There's not a lot of food places. There's no, there's like basically no food court in this place. And there's only a couple of food places within there's a Wendy's, a Hardee's, a McDonald's and Bob Evans. That's it. That's the only thing that's like within driving distance. I've ordered for Bob Evans this Bob Evans several times. So this is probably the fourth or fifth time I've ordered from them. And it's, it's five. It's not, even, I could walk to the place if I really had to, but I, I was not the man. I was the manager on duty, so I couldn't leave. So somebody else had to go get our food. I got breakfast. Like I got a breakfast platter type thing. So when she brought it back, there was no butter or syrup for the French toast. Did you get some gravy? So... <laughs> Like there was no forks or utensils either. And her, her order was separate from mine. So we both ordered separate. So there was no utensils in either of them. And I, I ate the rest of the stuff, but French toast isn't really made to be eaten with, without something on it. <laughs> so yeah, I'm right. It was kind of, syrup. I tried to, tried to eat it and I was like, no. So I called, I called and I asked for the manager and I complained. And I said, I, I'm like, Pat, I, I kind of felt guilty because it's just, cert but it's their job that's the common sense to put that in the bag so she like wrote my name down and said next time i order from there like whatever i order is on them so there you go i would have been okay if she would have gave me some free cookies or something i think she thinks my whole meal was french toast and i got like eggs and bacon and stuff the french toast was just like extra I think she thought that my that was my whole meal, so I think she thought I didn't eat anything. <laughs> uh, well, gotcha. I, 
I mean, did it, you see the funny thing? This is like the second time in as in as many weeks now that I've had like a an interesting experience. Did I tell you about what happened to me at Red Robin last week? Yes. No. I, I think I, maybe you told me on a phone conversation because I feel like I heard this. Yeah. Yes, I saw that too. Did not hear about this. I, I was I was at my parents' house for most of the day last Saturday, and on the way back, I said, "You know, I'm going to stop at Red Robin and get a burger because burger. I feel like it." You know, um, and they sat. They, it was like at a weird time of night. It was like eight o'clock, so it seemed like the busy period was just ending. Um, and they sat me down at like a table that's in like the middle of the one dining room. And it's I worked at this restaurant. Yeah, <laughs> anyway, Everybody's like watching me eat my burger. Um, but like you know, I worked at this Red Robin many years ago, so I know I know how they can sometimes like divide up the dining room uh kind of oddly and you know you can be like missed and they also didn't like seat me down with the menu because it seems like a lot of these places now are doing the whole like scan the mark menu scan the, scan the code and look at the menu on the your QR, QR code yeah, yeah you know even even though they have plenty of menus sitting right there and everything so I, yeah, I but was you can't touch like, that if you touch that and give it to somebody else they're going to get covid from you don't you know that well we COVID's know transmitted through everything. We know, <laughs> we, know really, we know that's really not the case. So if anybody's still actually tweeting it like that, then they're overcompensating. Um, it's a money-saving thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, so I was just in there, and I, I was just waiting. I wasn't in any big hurry or anything. But then, like, when I was able to read, like, an, an article that took me, like, 10 minutes on my phone that took me, like, 10 minutes to finish reading, by that point, I was starting to get a little on the, hmm, side so did we just lose joe no he's he's st he must be doing something he must be picking his nose or something like that and we can still, he can still hear us. he just took his picture off oh i, see. I had a plug i had to plug in my laptop again i keep forgetting it's two weeks in a row <laughs> so so Slacker. anyway finally finally somebody comes up to me and says has anybody helped you yet i said no does it look like it <laughs> And I was like, I was like two minutes away from just saying, uh, fuck this, and then I'm, I'm out of here because I've ended up waiting about 20 minutes. Um, and so, you know, I like, you know, I placed my order and everything. And then they, you know, they took the price of my burger off the, um, you know, off the, off the check. So all I really paid for was the soda, you know, and I left a tip because the service was fine once I had service. So. And I figured it was just like, you know, I just somehow got overlooked in like the combination of the, uh, you know, the rush and, and this, that, and the other thing. So, How does the show yeah. get over? How do you miss the big show? <laughs> because I, I really think, again, it's because of where they were seating me and because they sat like another, they sat like another table very close to me, like right at the same time, but who was the responsibility of another server. So it was. It was, I, I frankly I blame the uh, the hostess more because I don't think the hostess like went and told the waitress oh I just sat you, and from when I worked in restaurants that was pretty much a customary thing. So I would have I would have been like this. How did you miss this big seven foot handsome man sitting here with no goddamn freak in front of him? I don't know I mean, like, the part, but the rest of it. I mean, like, <laughs> I'm six foot four and I'm pounds. How could you freaking miss me? That's why I said, how could you miss the big show? Uh, so, no. it's like, so, so it's now it's like hmm, consecutive Saturdays where I've had interesting dining experiences. How could I possibly top this next Saturday? Hmm. Don't go out to eat. <laughs> yeah, don't go out to eat. 
I made yeah, the mistake I, of going to uh, Burger King on two Thursdays ago. And uh, that was, like I said, it was a mistake because they've, this Burger King has the two lanes for drive through, but they like, only like, have like one lane open. Yeah, but they only have one lane open now. And they only do one order at a time. Reason being is because they only have three, maybe two, maybe three people working at a time because <laughs> they have no help. Yeah. Right. So, so I didn't realize can... this. Go ahead. I, I, so, when you mean one order at a time, do you mean like, <laughs> I just want to clarify because uh -huh. it makes it sound like you went to the drive through and you're like, hey, I want to order a number one, five, and six. And they're like, no, sir, you can only order one at a time. Oh, no, 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 not that. <laughs> I was no, going to say, I they was take like, if they're going order, to that desk, holy They tell shit. you to pull forward, you pay, <laughs> you get your food, and then they tell the people at the drive through speaker, we'll take your order now. And then that place, person places their order. Then they drive up. They oh, pay. God. They get their oh, food. so they're doing it. Oof. Yeah, they're they're struggling if they're doing it like that. Then holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, yeah. I uh, didn't realize this, but it was already so late, and I wasn't about to try and drive home and cook something. Uh, and I was already committed to the line. I waited between half hour and forty five minutes to get through the drive through line. Holy shit. Yeah. I I waited. Never again. <laughs> Never again. I, I waited at a Wendy's during my lunch hour a month or two ago for like fucking 45 minutes. And I said, I'm not going to this Wendy's again anytime soon. And I haven't been back to that one since. I, um, I also had an interesting experience at a Burger King a couple Sundays ago. I went there and it was about 20 after six. And when I pull up to the drive through window, the woman starts talking, hi, we're going to be closing soon. So we have a limited menu. And I'm like, well, oh, here we go soon. <laughs> right. It's like, I'm like, it's, I'm like, it's barely after six o'clock. Aren't you guys open till nine or 10? You know, or, that's what I was thinking. But, you know, I'd be like, I gave my order and she said they have all that. So I'm like, all right, fine. You know, I don't care. But it's just, I'm like, wow, that's weird. I'm, I'm, it's gotta be again because they don't have the staff. I can't I, imagine the reason why it would be like that. I saw, I saw a meme today and it was like a guy. And he's like, I'm going to dress up like a job application because people are afraid of these. <laughs> <laughs> so he's crazy. That sounds like the trendy 2021 Halloween costume right there. <laughs> so here's the interesting oh, thing. And this and, I, so and I'm, funny. this is not, a, not, you know, we're not on our podcast. We are definitely not political. We don't talk about that shit. But here's an interesting thing. Okay. If you listen to the news you and you always hear about, oh, this many jobs created, this many jobs created. Okay, that's great. Okay, jobs are created. But here's the problem. We might have this many jobs, but who the fuck is getting off their ass and working them? I'm trying to figure that out because <laughs> if you can't go to a fast food restaurant, you can't, you can't get your shit from Amazon on time. You don't get FedEx deliveries. You don't get this. You don't get that. Who the fuck is filling these jobs? Because if we got all these jobs, there should be nobody. There's plenty of fucking people working. <laughs> that's what I'm it's trying only, to say. Uh... It's only a select group that are really it's applying I mean, and hiring. Yeah, I can't I can't quite figure it out in a lot of ways because it's like it seems like there's job openings and it's either it's either people have come to the realization that for what they're paying, they're not worth it, especially while we're still dealing with the pandemic, mm -hmm. or people are valuing themselves too highly. I I, I don't really know, but 
it's like one of the one of the clients that I work with very closely is a, uh, a seafood restaurant that's over in New Jersey. He only has even since like he's been back up to like full capacity for like six months or so now, however long it's been, I've lost track exactly. He's only still had like four or five. Now his restaurant's kind of small, but even so, um, he still only had like four or five people on his payroll. Uh, yeah, like that's um and, and he does a lot of course and like one of the people on his payroll is his daughter who's basically like the general manager but it's like i don't think there's anybody that's like actually listed on the payroll reports as as uh like like kitchen staff mm-hmm. so either he's paying people off the books which since i see every since i see every transaction that goes through um Again, it's definitely off the books, uh, <laughs> or or he's or he's doing all the cooking and, and stuff himself, which I think he told me once he is, but that was still months ago. And it's like he said that he's willing to pay, you know, decent amounts and everything, but it's still just. Mm-hmm. So again, it's 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 her. It's it's really hard to tell. Again, is it just that people are like, I'm not going to go work at place x for y wages while i can't trust that like you know i won't get sick again or whatever or is it just that there's got to be there's going to have to be like a big market correction with how much some of these places pay yeah. i don't know yeah and i don't it'll, i, I it'll, haven't been able to figure it's it out either it's something it's something that'll be very interesting to to see as we hopefully get further away from the worst days of the pandemic and start getting stuff down yeah. but you know, now of course I'm worried because the weather is going to start getting colder again, and it's like, mm-hmm. you know. yeah, now you got flu season coming up. <laughs> well, <laughs> On top yeah, of maybe it'll yeah. be colder where you guys are, but not yeah, shut up. <laughs> so well, it's, it's just interesting well, well, because it's, it's it's still it's still like in the 70s up here, Joe. So oh, yeah. <laughs> just very cold mornings, very cold mornings, like 50s mornings, and then it gets up to the 70s by midday. But it's just interesting, like, I don't know how it is in, you know, I know Pat's a PA with me, but I don't know for you and uh, Joe and, and Matt, um, AJ, like, I saw Dunkin' Donuts, $15 an hour with a $1,000 signing bonus. Yeah, everybody's got signing bonuses. Like, I've seen, um, I've seen the place, it was like yep. $18 with a $2,500 signing bonus. So I'm like... What the hell is going on? <laughs> like, I mean, my brother fucking nuts. <laughs> my brother just like got a job at Amazon, and I think he gets part of the money when he starts, and then the other part of it you have to work for like ninety days. Like you have right, to work. Yeah, for- those are usually that, contingent, that, but still, like that, 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 that makes sense. That makes sense. I can see that. Yeah. One of the yeah, one just- of the restaurants, uh, barbecue places in downtown Raleigh, um, is doing that. He's uh, having trouble. He needs to hire like four or five people. So he's, he's, uh, he's up in the minimum wage, you know, the, the starting pay. And then he's given everybody like a thousand dollar bonus, uh, it's, it's sign on bonus. Yeah. I I see. I I guess the other thing that mystifies me too about this is that I know a lot of like the extended unemployment benefits, um, have expired. They're done. They're done. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean. So, so they've expired. And unemployment will only pay you for so long anyway, I think even during the pandemic and everything. So it's like, I can understand, you know, like, you know, you, I mean, in the general sense, you don't want to go work at a fast food place for eight fifty, ten 10 bucks an hour, you know, something like that. Um, but at the same time, at some point, it's like, dude, don't you need money? 
<laughs> don't, don't, don't you have bills to pay? I got paid on Thursday, pretty much the next day. You know, my entire paycheck was gone because I had to pay my rent, you know? So, I mean, well, and, that, well, that's just that, an example, but, you know. Not that this is enough to live on, but right now, if you have children and you claim the child tax credit on your, you know, it's part of the standard deduction is the child tax credit. Mm-hmm. You're getting money from the government for doing nothing. It's not for a lot. Had, I'm not going to sit here and say, man, you can live kids. off of it, but yeah, you, it's, you're, you're getting money for having had kids essentially. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's so much yeah. per kid based on their age. So if you've got mm-hmm. five kids, you get X amount of dollars for each kid that you have. It's nuts. Yeah. My sister has asked me about the, like the, like the additional child care, child tax credit that they've, been giving out and everything because you know she has four kids and until December. Yeah, I think she said that she had a little bit more time to look at it uh with with her husband and they can come to the conclusion that it's actually going to be a bad thing for them and that they may actually that they're gonna probably end up owing a lot of that back uh mm-hmm. when they actually have to sit down and do their taxes and uh you know for, for 2021 and everything. And you know, I told her, I said, you know, I said, sorry, Meg, I don't really understand what all the parameters of it are because it seems to change. And, you know, we haven't really had to file any tax returns yeah. for it yet. So, you know, it's not something we've been doing like a lot of like estimates for people either. So I said, if you're concerned, you know, that you may owe it back, um, you know, tax time, then obviously the best thing I can tell you to do is put it aside and don't spend it if you don't need to. So. Yeah, because it's, it is, it's, it's going to come back to buy a lot of people in the ass. It, it, it's stupid to give that to the, the American public and then the tax man's like, oh, it's not free. We're going to take that back. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's, it's, it's a contradiction. Like you're trying to help people, but then at the same time, you're going to take it back. Like it's the American way, I guess. Right. It's how and we I do just, things in this fucking country. We'll, we'll close this up just by saying, and I'll say this and we'll move on to, to some sports and shit like that. It's, it's crazy because, you know, to opt out of it because you can you have to opt out of it every single month in order not to get a check from the government it's not like a one-time opt-out it's an every single month opt-out and they make it very very hard like i know some people that have tried it and they said it is a pain in the ass they did it once and they never did it again because it's so difficult so and and i'll tell you and i'll tell you why that is it's because the government agencies and everything are underfunded themselves and they don't have enough people to sit there and be able to process these things. Yeah. That's why it's it's like this. You know, it's like my older sister is who does not have kids. She she's having another issue where she and her husband um, forgot to report some income a couple of years ago. So the IRS has been on them for that. But they also, of course, keep piling on penalties and interest. And my one of my bosses is trying to help them out with at least getting the penalties and the interest waived which he's pretty good at doing, but he's, it's been like impossible for him to get through to somebody at the IRS. So yeah, it, it's hard to get through the IRS normally. Like, you know, you usually have to sit there on yes, hold. It is. You, usually, you usually have to sit there on hold for, for everything, but you know, for the last, you know, 18 months now, basically uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's an adventure. So. All right. Now, We've bored every one of our uh, listeners, if we have anybody listening. We've probably bored them to death with that bull, with that crazy <laughs> ass talk. But it's something that just uh, kind of went off on its own tangent um, it's, and took a little bit of its own. Tell the joke. 
All right. So let's move on to some fucking sports. And... I, I did have a I did have a joke about jobs. I mean, oh, okay. But, you know, we, 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 we passed <laughs> okay. it. Oh, it was we... a kind of a you know, as like people have side hustles. Like some people might have glory hole side hustles going on these days. <laughs> They're making money off that. That was what my comment was going to be. <laughs> if you know what that is, you know what that is. If you don't, Google it. I remember there was that show on Comedy Central a couple of years ago that I think was called <laughs> Review, where the guy went around and he was like reviewing everyday life. And one of the things that he reviewed was the glory hole. No, I don't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds that great, though. Awesome. That is classic. He did that. Oh, yeah. That's uh, yeah. I don't, I don't think, I'm pretty sure that show's not on anymore. I remember when I watched it a couple of times and I thought it was pretty subversively funny. So, yeah, that's classic. All right. So, Nothing exciting happened in football, except for the fact that the Broncos are still 3-0. and Yes, my team has a better record than all three of your teams combined right now. <laughs> they, have more wins. You, they have more wins than all three of your teams combined. <laughs> yeah, that's something else, isn't it? Give it uh, another well, four weeks and we'll, we'll see where we're at. Well, like I said, I looked ahead at the Giants' upcoming schedule through like Thanksgiving and everything, and uh, if they you have... guys can't even beat the Falcons, so you're in trouble. So <laughs> this is this is my point. I looked at their next seven. Well, I looked at their next seven games, which takes us through. I think it was the uh, the, the Sunday after Thanksgiving, and I said, "Fuck, they'll be zero and ten." The way that they're the way that the way that they're playing right now, I can't see them beating because. Then they play. They play the Saints. They play the Cowboys. They play the Panthers. Um, they play. I think the Raiders. You know, it's it's a it's a cornucopia of well, oh, all these teams certainly certainly look better than them on paper. So where exactly is that elusive first win coming from? You know? Jeremy had fun Monday night watching his buddy Ezekiel Elliott light up the Eagles. <laughs> Such fucking bullshit. <laughs> But yeah, yeah. I'll just, say that. Just, just, I'm sorry. Just real quick. The Giants' next seven games: at the Saints, at the Cowboys, versus the Rams, versus the Panthers, at the Chiefs, versus the Raiders, and at the Buccaneers. Yeah, Again, throw, you tell me who they're beating. And to throw insult to injury, they got the Chiefs this, this week. Yeah, and the Chiefs are kind of like. I feel like the Chiefs are like need. They're to due win. for a big one. Yeah, they need. They're to win. underperforming right now. They are the, the, the Chiefs badly need a win tomorrow. Yeah, and they're and they're going to come out all guns blazing, and, and I think it's going to be very very bad for the Eagles. <laughs> yeah, and, 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 you know the Eagles. That, and, and, and you know that deep down, Andy Reid takes pleasure in beating the Eagles. So would you stop? Oh, yeah, he does. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, but 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 no, I won't. I won't. <laughs> but yeah, it, watching that Eagles Cowboys game, I just was like dumbfounded because they can't. This year they can't stop the run. They, I knew they weren't going to be able to stop the pass. So it's like, okay, what defense do they have? Because they evidently can't do shit. I mean, it doesn't help that Brandon Graham got injured and he's out for the season with an Achilles tear. So yeah, he's their he's their left side rusher. He's out for the season. You got Barnett on the other side, who is a fucking waste of space as far as the defensive <laughs> end goes. He is terrible. Yeah, like, we had that conversation. I remember <laughs> they they made him out to be the next great thing, and and in th- there was an article. I didn't read the article. My brother was telling me about it yesterday. Like they just he just the guy just fired like just dumped on him like how about how, how bad he is what a waste of space he is why he should why is he still there um 
you know, it's just, it's unbelievable, but yeah, it's, it's been bad. It's been bad, very bad to watch, very hard to, and the offensive scheme they put against the, put up for the, to try and beat the Cowboys was terrible. They ran three times, three times the whole entire game. That's it. Like, how do you run three times? At least your team didn't average 1.1 yards per game average for a whole fucking game in total yards. Yeah, but but how many times Uh, did you actually run it? Nine nine sacks, too. Is that what it was? Nine sacks. Holy shit. I said as bad as the Giants have been playing, at least Daniel Jones has them again sacked nine times a game. Nine fucking That was Fields, right? That was Justin Fields right back in the backfield, right? Yep. And he's supposed to No adjustments. Zero adjustments to help that kid. None. Yeah, and the, the thing that concerned me about that is, I mean, it's it's way too early to say something like this, of course, but when I see a young quarterback getting sacked that much, all I think about is, you know, is David Carr and to think about how you know, he never had a fair chance because right away from his rookie season, he's getting sacked like, what was it, like 70 times, you know, it was like his first couple of years. And it's like, no wonder why the guy never became anything because he was fucking shell-shocked. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, nine nine sacks, no offensive line adjustments. I mean, uh, tight ends were barely used. They ran the ball, I think, fourteen or fifteen times, and they did not change the offensive scheme to help him at all. Yeah. Zero, we're, zero times. We're gonna find out if Denver's good or not tomorrow. They play Baltimore. Like we're yeah. gonna find, we're gonna find out if they're they. I mean, the teams they beat are zero and nine. Yeah, that's like, what I was gonna say. I saw that meme about them being we're 0 and 9. Find out, we're gonna beat. find out if they're for real. If they beat Baltimore tomorrow, even though it's at home, then I'll start saying because Bridgewater hasn't turned the ball over yet. They have yeah. no turnovers yet. So that's and, good on and, this part. And if one thing's always been evident though in the NFL, it's that you gotta beat the teams that are on your schedule, good or right. bad. So you know. Okay, you played three teams who were combined 0 and 9 so far. Yeah, okay, but you, you won all three of them. You did what you were Just, supposed to do. So yeah, yeah. that that will keep you around in the conversation at the very least. You know? Yeah. And and to be honest, Baltimore, as, as good as they can be, has not been playing up to their potential. Well, either. Baltimore should have lost on Sunday. I mean, give me a break. Like they, they got a fourth and <laughs> kicked a 68 yard field goal. To mm-hmm. win the game, so like that's the Lions being the Lions, though. So, yeah, yeah. that was a missed call too for, uh, um, delay um, of game anyway. So that should have been it, called. That happens, Joe. When you told me that the other day, I I see that happen, like in college and pro games where mm-hmm. the play clock's at zero and they yeah, snap seen- and they, don't, they don't call it, and it's like, wow. how can I see this? I've seen so- that more. I've seen that more than a few times in, in games, both college and pro this year, which makes me think that that play clock that they're showing us then is wrong. Well, or the, so this referee, is what, or the referees are completely unobserving. I don't know. No. So this is what, this is what they, they, they said on, was it Fox or CBS? I don't remember which one it was. It might've been CBS. They had one of their um, NFL ref guys that are always on. So he said the back judge, the back line judge, when he when the clock goes to zero, he sees it goes to zero, and the next thing he does is he looks at the, he looks where the ball is. Yeah, that's but every time exactly I see half the time it's still under the center's ass. That's that's exactly what how there's how they are. From what he said, that's how they're taught to do it. They look at okay. the clock, 
so they see the play clock it goes to zero and once it hits zero there's supposed to be like a second delay they're allowed from the ref looking at the play clock down to to see if the ball's been snapped but that one was like a two second delay so i don't know what the ref was doing but it should have been he said it should have been a delay of game but it was he was like he was trying to defend the ref like it was close no no it wasn't that was like two seconds but that's what he explained it goes they look at the they pay attention to the play clock and then they once it hits zero they quickly look down to see where the ball is and the ball is being snapped they don't do nothing about it they won't they won't yeah, they won't that's different it. if the ball is being snapped i understand because that split second but this situation or was it but i've seen too many situations where there it's zero the clock and he would have had time to look down and see that the ball has not fucking moved yet yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's zero for you're letting it go too seconds. long it's not a split second thing uh, yeah and i've yeah. had i've seen that by the eagles and i've seen it happen bad for the eagles you know it's it's just it's one of those things where it's kind of like they almost have to they should have like a fucking buzzer that goes off that the that the rest don't even have to watch it they just listen like for the buzzer clock. yeah like, like a shot, shot clock, clock. i mean i don't know how loud that would need to be that the, yeah. that the ref could hear it on the field <laughs> or maybe they have it in their earpiece that's, that as soon as that's it goes, to be something yeah in their earpiece would work better for them yeah. We we need we need we need the uh you know the Royal Rumble countdown clock <laughs> <laughs> play through the whole stadium sound system. Well, well okay, so, okay, you're saying like how loud does it have to be? Well, okay, so in addition to like you know like the sound of the clock hitting zero, you obviously have to start playing somebody's theme music then because you, know, <laughs> you play loud enough over over you know the stadium speaker system on that. I guess somebody's attention when you're trying to snap a ball, yeah. And I saw. I saw a video. They almost Britt Baker's on the sidelines at the Penn State game, and she almost like they caught a pass, and somebody ran into her on the sideline. What tonight? Yes. Oh, I didn't. I didn't catch that. I, yes. I, I, I would have. She's on the sideline. Evidently, that's not somewhere where she should be standing. Maybe she should just try sitting in the stands where well, it's safer. I, she's a celebrity, though, so she she's probably a Penn State fan too. So she probably got you know got to be on the field <laughs> i don't know she's from pittsburgh it's dangerous to say you're a penn state fan if you're from pittsburgh so well, i know that but it's kind of go either way the penn state's right in the middle yeah. of the state so well, well, right I, but it's but it's like yeah but there's a there's a I thing know, between I those know, two schools <laughs> trust trust me yeah Pitt, Pitt, and uh you know the university of pittsburgh when i say Pitt, mm-hmm. and and Pitt fans have held this prolonged grudge against penn state uh, from the moment that Penn State accepted entry into the Big Ten back in the 90s because it ended basically the early Penn State pit games. And Penn State didn't schedule pit for a very long time thereafter. And Pitt kept saying, they're decking us, they're decking us. Pitt is one of those college football teams and fan bases that has a massive inferiority complex. So all they ever do is whine about how, like, you know, other big school that plays somewhat in the general, you know, general vicinity, and by general vicinity, of course, I mean within a couple hundred miles. Um, you know, oh, they won't play it anymore. You know, Notre Dame uh, heard the same shit from like Michigan and Michigan State and Purdue and Boston College when they started playing this like pseudo ACC schedule. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'd love to see a good Penn State Irish game again. I haven't seen one of those in. Well, very, very they, long time. They did, a, they did a home and home about shit. I think it's been over a decade ago, and I'm pretty sure uh, the home team the home team won each game uh, in that 
in that time where they renewed it. And that's because when Notre Dame was the home team, they had one of their stronger teams. And I think they went to one of the major bowl games that year. And then the next year, Penn State was the stronger team and won pretty easily. So it was, uh, you know, just one of those things. But, you know, yeah. It's like, you know, that, that's that's the only disadvantage, of course, uh, is, uh, you know, you only have so many non-conference games that you can schedule. So, Yes. And on to baseball. In baseball news, the Philadelphia Phillies have lost themselves out of the out of a possible playoff berth because they suck. I mean, the Yankees <laughs> are playing themselves out of one. Two days ago, we were in good shape, right, Pat? <laughs> yeah. Two-game lead with three games to go. Now they're tied. <laughs> so they're doing the same thing the Phillies did. How can we lose well, and not make the playoffs? <laughs> well, see, here's the, here's the thing. They're still in a decent position. Because they would have yeah. to, even if they end up tied, they would have to play a playing game Monday, right? Right. So, it, it, I mean, the fact that they just can't seem to beat Tampa Bay anymore is one of the bigger mysteries for me. It's like Tampa no, Bay is beginning... Make the postseason and then have to play them anyways. <laughs> and probably get swept. Tampa Bay is, in a lot of ways, has become a more annoying opponent for the Yankees and the Red Sox. Have, so, um. Nice pass interference, Penn State. That didn't get called. Ah, sorry, I got the Penn State game on the monitor here. Um, but yeah, it, it, really, all they really had to do was win one out of three versus Tampa Bay, but really more like two. Um, and you know they they lost yesterday, and they got they swacked. Played, they, they they played horribly today. Um, yeah, so it's just they're tied with Boston, but the problem of course, there is that they, 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 the problem with that, of course, is that Boston uh, won the season series. So if they finish tied, they have to go back to Boston to play the fucking wild card game. It's like, oh yeah, one stadium where I definitely want to see Penn State play a wild card game is fucking Fenway Park. Penn State. Um, did I say Penn State? Sorry, I might be yeah. confused. <laughs> What team Well, you know, okay, but if Penn State has to go to Fenway Park to play this wild card game, as good as Jahan Dotson, <laughs> as good as Jahan Dotson is, I don't know if he can hit a fastball. <laughs> I don't think he can. <laughs> that was good, Pat. You took it and ran with it. So um but you know, and it, I, I will say this. I, I never root against my team, but in a very perverse way, I almost kind of hope that they end up fucking it up and missing the playoffs because I'm so sick of Aaron Boone as manager. He makes Boone. He has he has he has really proven to me, and I wanted to like the guy so much, and he is a likable guy and everything. And obviously he provided one of the great moments in Yankee yes. history, with, which lasted for all of a week when you come right down to it because of the egg that they went late in the World Series after that. Um, you know, he just, he makes so many bad choices, bad moves, bad decisions, like from an in-game perspective. Uh, and I sometimes don't understand like why he's like playing this guy at this position one day or why he's playing, why like a guy is like partially pinged up and he'll sit him for four days in a row for seemingly no reason. And, or like it took him so long to put Stanton in the outfield for a few games this year and still that kind of shit's going on. And, it just it's it's just so annoying. So it's like I, I just want somebody new 
in charge. And if it takes them totally missing the playoffs to do that, and I'll be fine with it. As bad as that well, sounds. Toronto's only a game behind also, too, also, isn't it? I also what's that? So Toronto's only a game behind both those teams too. Yeah, and depending upon what Seattle does tonight, if they were to win, they'd only be a game back again too, I think. Or are they? Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it's it, it's a it's a mess. So we'll we have to see what happens. And of course, the Yankees are playing the Rays, who are the best team in the American League, who don't technically have anything to play for. They already clinched home field and everything. But then you got the Blue Jays are playing the Orioles, and the Red Sox are playing the Nationals. You know, so. Just the way this guy should beat the Nationals because the Reds because the Nationals are pretty bad. Yeah, Chris Sale's pitching tomorrow for Boston too. Yeah, the Yankees are starting Taeyeon tomorrow, but it also sounds more likely that it'll be like some kind of like a bullpen game, to be honest. Because so that way, that way they're saving Cole in case they either have to play a one game playoff to get into the wild card playoff, or Cole will pitch the wild card game. The funny thing, of course, about that is that Cole hasn't been as sharp as his last few starts since he was briefly on the COVID list there. So uh, I, I I just don't know. And and they they seem to be so streaky. They get on a good streak and it can last for a while and it seems like they can do no wrong. But then it seems like as soon as they lose one game, then it seems like it just all starts falling apart and then they'll go on a big losing streak. And that's one of the reasons why they haven't been better than they should be, you know, really. So mm-hmm. I, I, I was... they've won 90 plus games and I'm complaining, you know, but it's like, yeah, it's because there's somebody better than them. I my, when I was talking to Jay today, and we've never really said anything specifically about the Giants on here, how how that team, I, 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 I think anybody that watches baseball thought at some point the Giants were going to, like, hit a skid or something. And I think it's pretty nope. cool that, that they're the best team in baseball, and they've been the best team in baseball most of the year. Mm-hmm. And I don't know a ton of players on that team. <laughs> nope. And yeah, they're 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 almost. I know Chris like, Bryant. That's fucking sure. They're, 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 they 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 are almost they are almost like the the no name team though in a lot of ways. Like they, I mean Buster Posey's still there, but he's, I I don't think it's a stretch to say he's past his prime. Yeah. Uh, you know he's he's not the MVP, you know, player that he once was. Same with Chris Bryant, and of course Bryant's only been there for you know half the season. Uh, I mean, Longoria is there, but again, somebody else. So I don't think it's, you know, a stretch to say he's past his prime, you know. So th- th- they are kind of like like the uh, – The misfits? The, <laughs> I don't want to say misfits, but but they are like, you know, like the guys who are it's like – Kind of, sort of. It, it's yeah, like Johnny Cueto's there. There's another guy who's, who's – I think you would definitely say is past his prime. And uh, – you know, just yeah, you know, it's just like like a bunch of guys who just all a lot, a lot of them are having like career years, but um, yeah, it's 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 kind of interesting. So it's just a uh, a lot of like wait, like that guy's on that team, or who the hell is that? You know, kind of thing. No, so I mean, it's, you got Tommy is another one. Yeah, like Estelle like like, Lord, Wade, like yeah, like. Wilmer Flores is there and, uh, you know, you know, Brandon Crawford's still there and he's having one of yep. his best seasons and he's, you know, age 34 and everything, but, you know, Posey's 34, you know, Brandon Belt's still there. He's 33. So they're, you know, they're like this, like kind of like veteran team though, with a bunch of guys who you kind of almost forgot are still playing. 
Yeah, I mean, I want absolutely. If the Yankees, I would. I, the, the Giants win the World Series. That's fine. Like, if the Yankees are going to win, then uh, the Giants would be who I would prefer to see win at this point. So, I would um, like to see Chris Bryant do good in the playoffs, but uh, that's about as far as that's going to go. I, well, I Posey's, probably, Posey's a seminal Joe, so I've always had a soft spot for Posey because he went to Florida State. So, you know, I w- I would mm. probably say that as well too. And the reason that is much why for me. You know, I'm look, I'm looking at like the other teams that are in the playoffs. I obviously can't root for the Red Sox or the Rays yeah. or or the or the Blue Jays or the Astros or the Dodgers or the Cardinals or the Braves. So all that's left is the White Sox and the Giants. And the Brewers. Yeah. So the Giants, yeah, like there's oh, nobody Brewers. there's nobody I get like the Brewers, I'd have to go look <laughs> at their roster, but I always said I'm reluctant to root for the Brewers because of their ties to Bud Selig, who to this day I don't like. And I sorry to say this, Joe, but I can't root for the White Sox for one very big reason. And I think you know what okay. it is. What's your big reason? I think you know what it is. I don't remember off the top of my head. Well, put it this way. Um, I find this kind of funny, and it's it's a it's a very much it's an apple song just comparison because of you know, how, how, how different the, uh, the seasons were and everything. But um, the White Sox finished with a better winning percentage last year than they're going to this year. Now, obviously, again, 60 games versus 162 games. But I guess they felt like Renteria, of course, wasn't getting the job done. So they had to go bring in a manager who knew how to win. <laughs> yeah. I fucking hate Tony LaRusso. I'm so. still on a toss up with him. It's it's I, it was hard for me when they signed him, and I'm like, oh yes, I know he managed the White Sox, but he was with the Cardinals for so fucking long, and I despise yeah, the Cardinals. That was yeah, hard for me to swallow. Yeah, and, and another thing too, it's like if you look, you know, and obviously, of course, you know, he's in the Hall of Fame as a manager, and it's it's really hard to dispute that for a lot of reasons. But I, I remember somebody pointing out it was because LaRusa got out of the Hall of Fame at the same time that Bobby Cox and Joe Torre did. And somebody at that time took a cynical view saying, you know, of course, it's hard to argue with their accomplishments when you look at their one loss records and all this and that and the other thing. But he also said, were there also any other three managers who had a bigger benefit from having players who have had allegations and ties to PEDs? And I went and I said to myself, huh, yeah, that's probably true. But LaRusa to me is really the poster boy out of those three guys for that because, of course, he was the fucking guy in Oakland in the Bash Brothers years. And we know Canseco, McGuire, and God knows who else on those teams was popping. Fucking no, really not those guys. Yeah. <laughs> and obviously, like, you know, he didn't win a World Series with McGuire when McGuire was with St. Louis. But again, you know, same kind of thing that, you know, He's the guy there when McGuire hit in 70 home runs. And, you know, of course, as we know, then was doing it with the benefit of the of the Andro and everything. So, you know, and and also then LaRusse La has always struck me as being like just like a very arrogant person. Like his, if, if you go back and you look at his tenure when he was like running the Diamondbacks there a few years ago and and brought Dave Stewart in as mm. GM, it was it was a fucking yeah. it was a farcical comedy of errors because 
they were like asking if they can make trades with like teams that involve like certain uh, parameters and stuff. And like the guys on the other end of the phone would have to say to them, um, no, you literally can't do that. You know, like it was against the rule and they apparently didn't know this. So it was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so here's, so so I, I, I just, I just hate LaRusso. So I, I definitely don't want to see him win a world series. So nothing really against any players for the White Sox, but fuck their manager. So I wanted to, you got, you know, we're mentioning the Giants here and how interesting their season's been and how good they've been, how good they've been for the entire season. So the one thing that I think, well, the one thing I'll, I'll give some stats here in just a minute, but the one thing that I think makes a good baseball team is not how many home runs can individuals hit. It's how many people can you get on base? Because if somebody does hit a home run, now you have multiple runs coming in most likely. Yep. So, yep. and that's one thing that I see the Phillies don't do. They can't get on base. They're hitting for home runs. And a lot of teams do this. They hit for home runs. Guys don't try and just get on base. Well, the, Yan the Yankees do that too. So, <laughs> so when I look at the stats for um, the Giants, and I don't know who their starters are. I'm guess I don't know how this website's set up to say if the first nine guys are their starter or eight guys are their starters and then whatever pitcher. But when I look at it, and I'm looking at their batting average. The first 12, 13 people listed here are at 250 or higher than 250. Now, it might only be a point or two higher than 250 batting average, but still 250 is a, is a respectable batting average in the MLB. Uh, these days, unfortunately, it is, yeah. Yeah. Now, granted, you want to be hitting 300 or more, that would be great. But um, they What's do their have... OPS? Their OPS, um, the lowest guy that I'm seeing that looks to be a starter is about 304. That's OBP, I think you're looking at. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm looking at OBP. Sorry, OB, OPS. I apologize. Yeah. OPS, the large, smallest guy is about 725. Who's the highest on their team? Uh, let's see. That is Belt with 975. Okay. Isn't the average Pat OPS this year been around like one? Uh, Close to one, I think the average is. I, I've got the Giants baseball reference page up. Um, the closest guys to 100 with OPS plus, their OPS is, I'm, I'm going to say an OPS of around 730 is an OPS plus of 100. So that would be like average for this year. Right. And they don't the have Giants, anybody that's hitting a ton of home still, runs either. Like the yeah. highest guy, so uh, Belt's got 29 home runs. So they're not knocking the ball out of the park. So guys are getting on base and they're getting the guys around. They're manufacturing runs. Yeah. Well, exactly. well, well here's, yeah. The thing. well, here, here's the thing, actually. This is actually pretty interesting. I'm, I'm on the Giants 2021 uh, baseball reference team page. And so these stats are only updated through um, yesterday. So they're, they're triple slash line, as it's called, you know, batting average on base percentage, slugging percentage. And this includes their pitchers is 249, 329, 441. So those numbers for like an individual player are not overly impressive. But again, remember, this is a team average. So you're obviously going to have 
Yeah, you know? the pitchers are in there. So kind and of and it's only have pitchers and everything. So amongst the National League, you know, the 15 National League teams, the 249 team batting average is actually second best in the National League. The 329 team on base percentage is also second best. The 441 slugging percentage is first. And then their OPS of 771, which is on baseball slugging, is also first. Now, here's the thing. You said they're not actually hitting a lot of home runs. That's good. They actually are. Their 239 home runs are actually first in the National League. What it is is that they have great distribution. It's they not have, one or two people. Yeah, they, they, have, uh, they, have, they have 10 guys with double-digit home runs. Who have hit double-digit home runs. They have three guys who have hit at least 24, but the highest total on the team is 29. So they don't have Otani or Vlad Guerrero or any of those guys who are hitting 40, but they have a lot of guys who have contributed decent power numbers. And so it does actually add up to them having the most home runs in the league. So having that, around. Having, having that depth, having that lineup depth like that, where you know it's like, I can put this guy in. He's got it, and he's got a chance to be able to hit one out. But he's also good, probably going to probably get me on base and everything. Having that depth of the lineup is what makes, you know, for like the stronger teams. Like if you were to go back and look at the 1998 Yankees, for example, I was just going to bring that. That that was the year of the home run. Of course, that was the year McGuire hit 70 and Sosa hit 66. And I think the guy that led the Yankees in home runs that year had 28, but they had like bounce they had 10 or 11 guys who had double digit home runs and they had a bunch of guys who hit, uh, who hit more than 20 and they got on base. They got on base relentlessly. The Yankees team on base percentage that year. And again, steroid errors. So offensive numbers were inflated, but their team on base percentage that year. And it was first in the American league was three sixty four. So I, I, that's a high I, number. It's not even just that year, Pat. I think all the years, a lot. I think the years they won those World Series, I feel like they it was more balanced. They didn't have somebody um, hitting fifty home runs, really, like ever. Like it was, they were yeah. balanced. When they when they went on that run where they won like the four and five years, I'm not sure they ever had a guy hit thirty home runs in any of the years that they won the World Series. So they That's had that. Was- that's why I was kind of joked, like when they signed Giambi. Then I was like, "Oh shit! Now here comes the guy who's going to hit forty home runs. Watch him never win a World Series again." And well, they've only won one since. <laughs> well, and see, and see, here's my and here here's kind of my point. Yes, they do have guys that they got multiple guys that are hitting home runs and consistently. Um, you know, nobody's the home run king, so to say. They don't have one of those guys. But if you can get guys on base, and you know that there's somebody within the lineup that during an at-back could easily pop, you know, put one out of the park. Instead of getting one run, you get two, or maybe you get three. That's a lot harder to come back from as the opposing team than, oh, we got a single home run because they've got, you know, the 50 home run guy or, you know, 60 home runs. or You know, it, getting on base actually does mean something in the baseball world. Like, too many teams, I feel, any day, nowadays because, you know, the emphasis has become, you know, we got to, you know, we, we got to get that home run ball. It makes the game more exciting. Well, great. Yeah, it makes the game more exciting for that one play, for that one hit. But what, you know, what makes the game yeah. even more exciting? Seeing guys get on base and get around base. That makes me cheer for a team more than watching him hit home runs and then them still being down two to one. You know, but, yeah. but that's just me. I mean, yeah, I, I always like, you know, remind my dad, I said, it, it, like, let's say it's like the top of the second inning 
and somebody hits a home run against the Yankees and it's a solo home run and now it's one to nothing. I'm like, it's one run. Yeah. You make that so easily if you know if you do it the right way and everything. But uh, yeah, again, I mean, get, and this is something that for whatever reason, it wasn't until like, um, you know, like like the whole Moneyball thing with Billy Bean and, and, and everything. Um, realizing that the value was about getting on base because you can't score runs unless guys get on base. But for the longest time, like when I was growing up, every you know, it was people only cared about batting average because it's, it's like, who's really more valuable? The guy who hits 300 but doesn't walk much so that his on-base percentage is only 330 or the guy who hits 275 but gets a lot of walks so that his on-base percentage is 350. You know, that's that's the whole thing. It's like, it's nice that that guy sent 300, but the guy sent 275 is actually on base more. You know, so what's going to score? If you got the guy that's on base more hitting hitting in front of the guy to hit, that's hitting over 300, well, that's a good way to go. Yeah. Because <laughs> maybe he walks and that guy hits him around. I don't <laughs> Yeah. And, and, and um, you know, one of my favorite of all time baseball quotes is from, uh, you know, Earl Weaver, the old, uh, you know, Baltimore Orioles manager. Uh, the key to winning baseball games is pitching, fundamentals, and three-run homers. <laughs> yeah, not yeah, not I a mean, single. Yeah, you know, I, I miss the days when people steal bases. No one steals bases anymore, barely ever. Well, it's, it's it's because of the whole like Moneyball thing, where it's like you know you don't want to give up out. So if you get caught stealing, then it's no good. I like running games, though. Wow. I like if you <laughs> learn how to fucking steal. <laughs> right. If you yeah. have guys, if, if I mean, if you have if you have it's guys, it's an art that's can, gone. If you have guys who can do it, then I say it's definitely a weapon to be utilized. But again, go, like I was also saying that back in that day, like, you know, they only ever cared about batting average. It was also back up in that day that that's when they hit guys at the top of the lineup if they were fast. Didn't matter if they actually got on base, but if they were fast, it's like, well, okay, so if I get him on base, he's going to steal. You can't steal first base. Mm-hmm. So. Now, guys like Ricky Henderson and Tim Raines, who were two of the greatest leadoff hitters of all time, you know, yeah, they were fast. They stole a shit ton of bases and had a high success rate, but they also got on base. Vince Coleman, who stole a bunch of bases there for a year, for a few years, didn't get on base nearly as much. And that's why his career wasn't anywhere as long as it was for those other guys. Yeah. And there was plenty of other guys if you like went back and had like if you collected baseball cards there in like the 80s and stuff, you know, you'd probably like look back through them and be like, well, yeah, I remember that guy. He was really fast. And it's like, yeah, now like go on to baseball reference and look up his stats. It's like, oh, he had a 318 career on base percentage. Oh, well, he wasn't really actually that good. So it's yeah. it was interesting how it just like how it took so long, it seemed like for guys to really, you know, and by guys, I'm saying like, you know, the people who are running these teams to really realize that, oh yeah, that's actually the key to the success. Getting on base. You know, so yeah, your leadoff yeah, hitter needs to be able to to put one in the field where he can get on base, and then he he really should be the fastest person on your team. But that's not always the case anymore. You know, nope. where the leadoff hitter is your you know most consistent hitter, but they're not necessarily always the fastest guy anymore because the game's changed. Yeah. yeah, it's it's because they have gone away from stolen bases in a large extent, and it's like, but now generally speaking, like you see the guys who are hitting more over the top of the lineup are again the guys who have the better uh, on base capability. So yeah, that's, that's something that's pro. I can't see that changing because I mean, it's such an obvious 
thing now. It's like, you know, hey, this guy gets on base better than that guy. Obviously, you want that guy hitting higher in the lineup to get more at plate appearances and every other thing. So That's why Bonds was so scary because he got walked all the time. He would hit home runs or get walked. <laughs> yeah, well, well, see, that, that, was, that was one of – Yeah, that was <laughs> – that was one. See, that's the thing too. When you look at some of those like sluggers throughout history, him um, though, he's the one to me that because he walked, he got walked more than anybody. We oh, right. well, well, absolutely. But like when the whole when, under when a different all the, circumstance though, when, when all the PED stuff started to hit the you know started to hit the fan, and and obviously McGuire was at the forefront of that, taking a lot of the criticism as he rightly should. You know, all of a sudden it became popular for for people to say shit like. um, Oh, all he ever did was hit home runs. And it's like, no, McGuire was pretty damn good at taking walks too. And that is a skill, you know? So mm -hmm. there's, there, there are some guys out there who are sluggers who are absolutely terrific at, at, uh, you know, also being patient and taking walks and stuff like that. Jason Giambi, you know, was another guy who would fit mm -hmm. that mold. And then there's some guys who are great sluggers who couldn't take a walk if their life depended on it. Vlad Guerrero was one of those guys, but you know, he hit the ball so hard and so far that he's still got in the Hall of Fame. Um, uh, Andre Dawson, back in the day, I think his career on base percentage was something like 324, which is, I think, one of the lowest numbers for any Hall of Famer, not just like, you know, a guy who finished his career with over 400 home runs. I want to say Ryan Howard was very bad at not swinging at the bat at the ball like he, i don't remember him walking like a ton unless it was like really dirt ball shit like he knew he was never gonna hit it like i feel like he swung at a lot of terrible pitches um well he had a career on base percentage of 343 off of a 258 batting average so he took a decent number of walks he did have a couple seasons with more than 100 walks um those were his first couple years like you know like his mvp year when he hit 58 home runs and everything mm -hmm. Obviously, when you're having here, when you're going to hit 58 home runs, there's also going to be times where you're going to get. Yeah, he was intentionally walked 37 times that year. <laughs> it sounds like Barry Bonds, like, nope, we're not pitching to him unless we <laughs> yeah. absolutely have to. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so Howard, Howard, I would say was not terrible, but he wasn't as much of a standout as some of those other guys were. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, yeah. craziness. Oh, Barry Bonds. Never admitted to it, but we always we always kind of figured he did. <laughs> but very very Bonds' walk numbers there, like the last you know few years of his career were. Um, so starting in two thousand, and I'm going to skip over two thousand five because he only played fourteen games. These were the number of walks Barry Bonds had: one hundred and seventeen, one hundred and seventy seven, one hundred and ninety eight, yeah, one hundred ninety eight, one hundred and forty eight, two hundred and thirty two. My God, 115 and 132, and the intentional walks in those years were 22, 35, 68, 61, 120, oh, 38, 38, and 43. Oh my! And, God. and, and see, the funny thing is too, there, there's a baseball book that I have. Uh, was written by this guy Bill James, who's like the like the father of sabermetrics and everything where he once like ran a simulation in, in some, you know, baseball computer simulation game where he had like, like, like prime Babe Ruth, like, like 1920 or 21 Babe Ruth and put him on a team with like individual seasons of other guys who were like the worst hitters you could ever imagine. 
and ran like a complete season like twice one in which it like the instructions were pitched to Babe Ruth like he's any other player and the other one which was walk him every single time he comes to the plate and I can't remember what the results were like but it was pretty freaking interesting I, I I'll have to look that up for for next time um because I, I can't remember which way it went but it basically showed that one strategy was clearly the best but I I just can't remember which one it was but again so it's a fascinating thing to think yeah should I walk 2004 Barry Bonds every time he comes to the plate <laughs> or let him possibly hit a you know grand slam against me so I mean that yeah. that that was that there was that 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 year where they should have won the world series where they choked where he got intentionally walked a shit ton of times in the postseason that year too so yes the the two th- yeah let me look that up the 2002 world series against the angels uh he had 30 mm-hmm. plate appearances he walked in 13 of those seven of them were intentional yeah, that's wow that's a lot the postseason yeah and then it's to him oh, well, hey, in that series he went eight for 17 with two doubles and four home runs so yeah it was like we can't let him beat him. We can't let him beat us, though. And yeah. then, see, that's just that's just the thing. I mean, when you talk about your, you know, your performance enhancers, you know, it bothers things, me. So it still those, those things. Yes, they help. They make you stronger. Yes, they can increase your bat speed. But the one simple thing I'll always say is, they don't allow you to hit the ball. That is still something that you either can do or you can't fucking do. And I and I do think he, I think oh, he Barry had the Bonds best, was great at it. He had, he had the best, I think, hand-eye coordination of any baseball player I've ever seen. Like I think he saw the ball out of the pitcher better than maybe anybody we've ever seen in our lifetime. So, yeah. well, and I also think, of course, that's one of the reasons they call them performance enhancers. You know, because yeah, it'll help you hit the ball farther. It'll help you swing the bat quicker. It'll help you recover, recover from injury, yes. fast, yeah. which is obviously a big thing. And, I, and ultimately, I think that's probably – I really think that's probably the reason why guys took them more so than anything else was to make sure that they stayed on the field and everything. But I've always contended that the absolute hardest thing to do in sports, meaning any sport, is to hit a, a ball with a bat. You know, yep. I, I honestly think that hitting a, hitting a ball is the hardest thing to do and in any sport that you can, you know, you can think of and everything. So, oh yeah, they they've done run so many different things and and tests and and the amount of time that a batter in a profession in a in the major leagues has to react to a pitch is freaking minuscule. Like I don't remember the exact number, but it is ridiculously small. Like the amount of time that they have to react, and that's why they're even talking about moving what moving it back. What um the mound? What is what is it? Three feet. 10 feet yeah they, they they were supposed to test that out in some minor leagues with i think moving the the pitchers the the pitchers mound back uh, or the rubber rather yeah um you know uh two feet which was supposed to add i don't like think it's a, a good idea a tenth of a yeah, second but, or something like that to yeah, the pitch time. Supposed, to, supposed to give like the pitcher like the hitters better reaction time but i think their hope is that it would cut down on strikeouts it may do that but i think it's also going to lead to more pitcher injuries so i'm not sure that it's yep. a good idea I mean, I, I'd like to That's see. That's no worry because the pitchers are going to overcompensate. Right. It's like I, I. It's like I'd like to see like actual data on that just to see what they come to the conclusion with. But again, if it's going to mean like a lot of guys like wrecking themselves, then it's it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's but, just but, one of those yeah, things. 
Yeah, it's, it's like, well, well, they always said like that old adage about keep your eye on the ball. It's like, I think this is what, kind of like what you were alluding to with, with how short the reaction time is. It's like, if you're truly keeping your eye on the ball, you'll never actually hit it, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's more it's, of an instinct when you're up there batting. Okay, I, the, yeah. I see the pitcher, how he released the ball, that ball is going to go this way. Right, it's, it's, about, it's about timing. It's about basically guessing which pitch they're going to throw you. Yeah. Knowing that, okay, it's going to break this way, it's going to break that way, so I need to swing here, I need to swing at this moment or that Except moment. Except for the Houston Astros when they cheated and right. <laughs> banged on the garbage can. Oh, it's this pitch, I know it's this pitch. <laughs> or they had the buzzer you, in their pocket, buzzing them. Did you ever see the joke that Family Guy made about the Astros with that? I did not. Oh, I got to find this now. It, it was. You can find it on YouTube, but it was basically like, um you know it was it was like almost like a like a behind the music remember that vh1 show uh type like you know documentary expose where they're like talking to players saying like you know well we knew they were doing it we just didn't know who it was and then they're showing like the astros team picture they're kind of like panning across it saying like you know like you know, nobody would ever admit to who the culprit was but if you look real closely in that team picture there's Oscar the Grouch in his trash can. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> you, get, you get that, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes, I get it. I'm just giving you a big smile. No, I, I, I'm meaning Jeremy because he didn't really react. Yes, I'm sorry. I was in the midst of trying to find that whole thing. So, no, gonna, but it's, gonna... it's yeah, it's it's one of the it's one of those fun Family Guy jokes. But yeah, again, baseball's hard. Like uh, in a league of their own when gina davis was complaining like you know it just got too hard and tom hanks is like the hard is what makes it great this is ESPN awesome. now Jesus. returns to our 30 for 30 documentary on the 30 Houston for 30. Astros cheating scandal we knew the astros were stealing signals someone was back there banging on a trash can we just couldn't figure <laughs> out who several players were interviewed by the league but none would reveal the mastermind of this garbage can scheme <laughs> that's fucking awesome yeah, she's just sitting there in the front row you know <laughs> somebody's back yeah, that's awesome oh man uh, i can't believe that i forgot that they said it was a 30 for 30 it's like of course it was a 30 for 30 and that's that is funny oh you gotta love it gotta love it Makes you wonder. It it does make you wonder. Like if they didn't know the pitches, or if they didn't have an idea what the pitches were going to be, would they have had such high success? Because the Houston Astros, I don't know what the record is now, but they seem to be doing okay from as far as I know. Well, yeah, they're, yeah, they're, 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 they've got like ninety five wins. I mean, sign stealing scandals go back for forever. I mean, in night back in nineteen fifty one, you know, where uh, you know where the National League season. Uh, ended with the uh, the playoff between the the Giants and the Dodgers, and ended with Bobby Thompson's famous you know shot heard around the world. Um, the Giants were way behind the Dodgers late into the season, and they erased like a double digit game deficit. And there's always been this big accusation that the Giants were stealing signs, mm -hmm. that they had this like elaborate system set up. Uh, where they like, you know, would see the sign and they would like, like relay it through some kind of like signal to the guy at the plate and everything. Um, but there's also people who contend 
with the amount of time that it took them to do that, it couldn't have given them that much of an advantage because by the time that the hitter would have actually gotten a signal, the ball would have been like on top of them. And people have also said that the Giants actually played better on the road during that stretch than at home. And of course they couldn't do this elaborate thing on the road. So, yeah, you know, it, it always depends upon who you talk to. If you ever talk to a member of the 51 Dodgers though, they were pretty salty about it, you know, through the end. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, Dodgers are the Dodgers. Yeah. Sign, sign stealing and the Dodgers weren't going to be the Yankees that year anyway. Uh, but um, yeah, yeah. Sign stealing scandals go back probably as long as, you know, signs were yeah. used. Teams are always trying to get one up, trying to you know get better than the next team, and trying to you know something. And, and it's it like that in all sports. It's just you should. I I understand trying to be better than the next team and the next team, but why why do we got to go through you know those kind of illegal, elaborate cheating measures to do it? Like. You know, that's, that's the thing. Like, I guess I'm just an honest person. It's hard for me to, 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 you know, like everybody knows I coach, like I would never think about trying to cheat to win a game, you know, no matter how, how much, like I've never taught my kids to hold jerseys, never taught them to, you know, do things that you could probably get away with that most coaches that, that, you know, I've done in pickup games, you know, here and there. And but that's and it's different because you're playing a pickup game. You know, sometimes you do a little. You know, you you play. You're goofing around. and You're holding the guy's jersey. You're not doing. You know, because it's just for fun. But I've never taught my kids to do that. But I've seen other team teams do it. Like I've seen other kids do it on teams. Now I can't say that their coaches are teaching them to do that. But I've definitely seen jersey holding in basketball. Guys are trying to run, and you see the the jersey get pulled away from the guy. You know, you see holding of arms and shit like that. So. You know, even in even oh, yeah. in little league stuff, you see that kind of stuff because kids aren't as good as the next kid, and you know, and stuff like that. So, I've never, I've never really. I mean, I've got back when I was younger, I got in a lot of fights with my brothers playing basketball because my brothers were dipshits. But I didn't, I never played that way, like dirty that either, Jeremy. I've never really grabbed somebody, not intentionally. Like my hand may have gotten caught in a jersey. But I've never pulled somebody's jersey or done anything like that in a basketball game either. Yeah. Yeah, I, I unfortunately did play against one when I played like youth baseball. There were some mm. coaches on other teams who I guess the best word to describe them was unscrupulous. They weren't basically saying like go out and do stuff that's illegal or, or do stuff that's cheating. But they basically pushed the boundaries as far as they could um there was there was there was this one guy in particular who's uh was an assistant coach uh on his son's team his son was like the best player on the team Uh, we played them one night they were so much better than we were it was and my team wasn't bad but we were we were more of like a middle of the pack type of team and this was like the best team in the league and one night we you know they got a big lead on us and so my coach said you know all right i'm gonna play guys where they don't normally play so like i got to go play first base rather than play the outfield and he put like you know Mm -hmm. guy into pitch who didn't ever pitch before i think that year and other guys were just playing positions where they normally play and everything because that point i think we even stopped keeping score we lost track of what it was right right um that didn't matter to this guy 
he wanted to just keep scoring runs. He was like, so it was, it kind of became like a comedy of errors. Like we were, our play was sloppy as you would expect with guys playing positions I'd never really played before, even in practice. But this guy was doing things like, you know, a guy would get on third base and we'd be like throwing the ball back to the pitcher. And he was coaching third base and he would tell the kid on third base to run home. You know, like the, like the play is the play is really over, but it's not. And so he's telling them to just he's telling everybody to just keep running. So it's not illegal, but it's not exactly sportsmanlike. Yeah, no, it's not good sportsmanship at all. So mm-hmm. finally, um, I th- like I throw the ball back to the pitcher because I had the ball for some reason. Um, so finally, all of a sudden, like I hear really loudly from like my left side, which is where our dugout was or our bench was. I hear time. I'm like, like, I know that voice, but I don't know that tenor. You know what I mean? And it was my manager. He comes walking out. He walks halfway onto the field and he is staring death at this guy. And he just goes, what the hell are you doing? And he is speaking so loudly that he could be heard at the fields that were three fields away. Cause you know, we, we played at a complex that had a lot of fields and everything. Mm-hmm. He's looking at this guy and goes, what the hell are you doing? And the whole place, the whole field just went dead in silence. Like you could have heard, you, you, you know, the expression, you could have heard a pin drop. Yeah. You could have heard a pin hitting the grass. <laughs> That's how quiet it got. He's like, we're trying to just play a game and you're trying to win the world series said what is wrong with you turns to us turns to all of us on the field shell shock come on gang he pulled us off the field oh yeah like it there's there's just no reason for it like and and joe can attest to this uh because we've you know coaching together and stuff we've been in those games where we're up by 20 points or more and my rule was always if i get up by that much one the 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 guy the guys that don't normally get to play as much, you're going in, and then two, if we're still easily scoring, now it's everybody needs to touch the ball before we score, or there's a certain shot. number of pass limit. You know, either four passes or everybody's got. There's like I set limits on it because there's no need ever to embarrass another team like that. Yeah, and that, and that's and that's and that's all this guy was doing that night, and it's like. They, they went like, you know, we obviously were basically forfeiting the game. I mean, again, they were killing us. It wasn't like the game was in doubt. But they lined up for like the traditional post-game handshake and everything. We sat on the bench. We did not go shake their hands. I wouldn't. My, 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 he, he, was, he was that pissed. He knew that if he interacted with, if he touched like hands with like any of the coaches on that team, that he was probably going to deck one of them. And this was not a guy who got angry easily, you know, and everything. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, I never saw I had never seen him that mad in my life. I never saw him that mad in my life again afterwards for all the years. I, you know, knew him, had a relationship with him. The, the, uh, karmic, if you will, postscript to this was that team went to the championship game. Uh, we all as a team, almost to like, to a man, like, you know, like every kid on the team and our parents went to the championship game to root for the other team. And the other team. Oh, nice. That's yeah. good karma. Yeah. All right. So Wrestling. I was 
Give me a What's second. That? <laughs> I had a story, but we'll save it. Go ahead, because Matt's clamoring to talk about wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> so it's fine. Go ahead. I was just about to say, I think it's about time for some wrestling. Reason being <laughs> is not because of Matt or anybody else. It is because we have the crew to talk the coup d'etat. No, that's not He's right. He's rubbing his head and biting his fingers, <laughs> right? To talk about yeah, the wrestling coup de gras. Coup de gras. Coup de gras. That's the word that I was. That's the phrase I'm looking for. Of Mount Rushmore's coming up that has to do with wrestling, where we are going to be picking our favorite four old time wrestlers, right? And then our favorite. No, no, no. no, no. This one is just your four. Oh, this just four. Is, okay, just our four t- favorite wrestlers of all time. Thing Joe was talking yeah. about. This is just four. It can be guys who are not wrestling anymore. You can have guys on there who are. It's completely up to you. Okay. I, I got the two confu- mixed up because when uh, Survivor Series comes around, we are doing a special Survivor Series yes. Mount Rushmore 2, and that uh, I got those two confused, so thank you for yeah. correcting that. But yes, uh, we are having a ultimate we'll talk about that later. Best, best favorite, your favorite wrestlers of all time, Mount Rushmore. We're all going to pick four different people. Well, f- pick four people for our own personal Mount Rushmore. And so, I was actually... I was disappointed, Pat, when me and Joe made our like jobber teams on the te- group text, and you didn't throw one out there with all the like jobber wrestler guys. <laughs> Which team was that? Joe put like the Red Rooster and stuff in his team, and I put Bastion Booger and Battle Cat and Saba Simba. And I thought for mm. sure you would chime in with some team of four jobbers. When you threw Battle Cat <laughs> out there, I was like, is he naming wrestlers or is he talking about He Man characters? <laughs> there was it's, a wrestler. It's when- it's when you posted the book of Boba Fett debuts on December yeah. 29th. Oh, yes. So, I, I once can't again, why I didn't. Hmm. Yeah, so I, have, I'm just, I didn't do that. You know what? I don't personally care, Pat. Shut up for once. Just shut your face. <laughs> sorry, I'm just trying to finish the thought. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so, since I do not watch wrestling pretty much at all, uh, I might see some highlights of some shit. What happened in wrestling this week? Anything good? They the draft. They started the draft yesterday. So they started the draft, but it's the 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 the, the breakdown and some of the stuff that they said seemed a little confusing. And then I also saw it said where they're not going to. It's not actually going to go into effect for three weeks. So that's a honestly, yeah. Well, to be honest, I don't think that's a bad idea. It's like because but why not do the draft then though. I, I look at it this way. They got to move belts. You, 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 you do what you, I mean, in the sports where they, where they have drafts, where it matters, are they going out and playing the next week? You know, so I just think that it's not that bad of an idea to do the draft to say, okay, every, this is where these shows everybody's going to be on, but it's not going to go into effect for two weeks. So we can just kind of wrap things up and, you know, you could also maybe like uh, I don't know build some anticipation like oh Roman and Drew are going to be on the same show now oh maybe we could see them go after each other yeah I that's I, I don't really have a problem with that but where they don't really make it clear as to who's like they, they almost imply that like not everybody's eligible to be drafted at a certain time and well no they they drafted like more that. people today on Talking Smack though so I, I did I did see that but that actually just made it a little more confusing in some ways but it's like yeah whatever <laughs> I mean. This was you know, this was the yeah. second straight week that NXT was the worst show. 
So we can almost bank continue on that, that way. The shittiest show every week. And if you, I'm telling you, if you would have told me six months ago that Raw was going to be better than NXT one week, I would have laughed. And now it's happened two weeks. And Raw wasn't great, but NXT is just going down the shitter. Well, then I have, see, I can watch the uh, shortened versions of Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. I have got to. Now that NXT has turned into a pile of turds. I have to go back and watch NXT and be like, wow, it really is this bad. Watching the short version of Raw is a good thing. Yeah, no, it's only a 90-minute version. I'm like, (laughs) woohoo! I was going to say, now, when you're saying watch the short version, is there, like, some shortened version available, or do you mean, like, you DVR it and you just, like, fast-forward through the commercial? No, on Hulu, they you can watch all three of them the next day, like, the day Uh after they air, but they only give you the 90, they only give you a 90-minute version. So, Um, well, obviously, then, of course, they cut out commercials, but... Um, do they also like count out like the endless recaps of what you just saw on our? Oh, yes, you don't get a ton of those. You don't get all those. Yeah, it's, but it's the very, problem, very, so here's the thing. Very few. Sorry. So when I was watching pretty religiously, um, probably a good year or so ago, I think I stopped pretty much watching religiously when COVID hit and it got weird and I just couldn't do the non-crowd things. Right. Um, yeah. They, the the problem that I had was you would get to see all the matches. No but promo. they would still throw in like a, the twenty-minute freaking intro promo and like just garbage that like I felt bad for the people that were watching the full three hours for because I'm like, man, this is ninety minutes and I got to watch ha- ninety, you know, half this garbage and and some of the terrible matches that they put on. Pat, you 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 suckered me in. I went and I was because you said Jim Cornette was funny. And then I watched three minutes of it and turned it off because he can't say a nice thing about Kenny Omega either. So fuck that. <laughs> which 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 part do you mean? When he was talking about the match with Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega, like he just oh. did on yeah. Kenny immediately. He's like uh, basically said the match was only good because Brian Danielson was in it. So he's a dipshit. So no, and and and, and look, I will freely admit, I. Th- he takes it so personally, I guess, this stuff that Omega did in Japan, of which I really have no knowledge. Not that and, and, <laughs> and I don't care to go look up. I mean, I don't care if he wrestled. Oh, wrestling the blow-up doll? He's so upset about that? Yes. I don't, I, don't care, I don't care if he wrestled the Invisible Man or the blow-up doll because, one, it, if that shit was in Japan, it's like, yeah, I don't mean to be, like, you know, uh, offensive here, but there are certain things about Japanese culture that I find a little weird, okay? Um, just as I'm sure Japanese people find plenty of stuff about our culture weird as well, they should. Um, but getting entertainment out of watching somebody wrestle a blow-up doll or the Invisible Man or whatever, it's like, okay, fine. If that's what they like, that's what they like. I don't have to like it. I also don't have to watch it. Cornette has this you know of course has the very old school mentality about the wrestling business which i think is good in some ways and then in some ways i it's like you know dude you're taking it too fucking personally and it does make it hard for me to filter out some of the things that he says about omega because he has said some things about omega that have never tracked with me in the sense that He's talking about Omega in one way, then I go watch what he's referring to, and I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't see that. I don't hear that. He, he, he talks about how Omega talks in this breathy phone sex operator type voice. 
anytime I've heard Omega cut a promo, that's not how I would describe the way he sounds. So he's not not talking like this. And how are you doing, sir? (laughs) Well, well, I I can't remember ever actually hearing Omega talk like that. So, and everybody's because I've missed it. When you've had a long wrestling career, most most guys have probably had a moment, or they've had some time, or maybe they did. They weren't in the best storyline ever, like Kenny with the blow up doll. Maybe that doesn't work with everybody. So, like, he is way too worried about that that happened yeah. so like years ago and it, it it's made him like it's just that match that that match was so good and it was because of both of them and i just i i was like oh maybe jim Cornette's you know gonna finally give him credit here because this match was one of the best matches i've seen this year and he still can't give him credit <laughs> for yeah, and, and which one is that on which one of his podcasts does he do like those reviews because he's got two i got the jim Cornette experience and jim Cornette's drive through I just uh, YouTube I mean, it, it varies as to which show the experience show generally comes out on Saturdays and the drive through comes out on Tuesdays. So his review of that dynamite episode, I'm pretty sure was on an episode of the experience because, you know, the Wednesday show would have aired and then they would have reported in between and everything. I mean, yeah, he also likes to go after the, he says that Omega's got this Japanese school girl, school girl fetish, which again, it's like, you know, who doesn't? No, I'm kidding. Again, <laughs> it, it, so again, it's like, you dirty, it, dirty it's, man. It's Just like, saying. okay, if he does, so the fuck what? As long as they're not actual schoolgirls. Yeah. Yeah. As long as they're legal. <laughs> well, well, well the, the, the thing is with, uh, Riho, as he likes to say, uh, with when they contended that Riho started uh, wrestling professionally, um, yeah, she was. So they've apparently. Um, it sounds like they Tony Khan took the booking power away from the EVPs now too. That's rumors been out there multiple times this week. It sounds like they don't have creative control over everything now. It's it's Tony Khan, and I, I, and and I will say I think that's a good thing. And but it, one, it's been like that for a while too, because I saw they said Kenny's mm-hmm. like in charge of the video game part of it, and like one of the the young boxes in charge of merchandise. So they yeah. have something they're doing that's mm-hmm. above and beyond what they're doing, but they don't have that creative control. It sounds like anymore. So right, and I think and I think that's a good thing. It's like allow them to do other things backstage, which ultimately will be beneficial to the company. Having good merchandise will having a quality video game will uh but i I, and i said this before i I thought that it was going to have to come to a time where they were going to have to draw the line and say all right one person's in charge and everything i don't know if tony khan still is really the best person to do that being that you know he's had never been a wrestling booker or promoter in any way shape or form before but I think that limiting it to these guys being able to make suggestions for how they want to do things and how they want storylines to run, that's, that's perfectly fine. I think you should seek out your talents, um, opinions and everything like that. But, but, but to have them actually calling the shots is where you start getting into trouble. And we've seen that with, you know, shit like what happened in the later days of WCW and everything. So, um, they, yeah, I, I think this is a good. I think that ultimately this is a good move that will be beneficial to AEW. It's, it's interesting that AEW Dynamite 
a lot of times, and, and, and Joe will probably agree with me on this, that the, their best match is the first match. More often than not, the best match in that show is the opening match. So because Adam Cole and Jungle Boy was the best match I saw this week, I think, on any show. I, that match was fantastic. I, <laughs> I, qu- I quickly lost interest after that opening match. Yes. And then their group did their promo and everything. I after, that, and here's, after that, I was kind of like, oh. I thought they were doing that to get Kit Gals and Anderson out. That's what I thought was going to happen because those two need to be kicked out because they have they don't need them. They don't need them. They they it's not going to happen anytime don't. soon. So I want them to get rid of them. So I want them to kick them out. So, I mean, see, you have a really great foursome. I mean, as much as they I already have two goons, they already have right. two goons. <laughs> right. This is exactly They're horrible right. goons. You've got you've got in a lot of ways a modern day four horsemen with Omega Cole and the Bucks. As much as I still have my issues with the Bucks and everything, but still, you've got like a modern day like four horsemen thing. You've got the the mouthpiece. The, You've got the manager with Callus with Callus right now, as much as he can Don't be in Callis. But then you've got two goons and two hangers on. <laughs> hangers, hanger ones. Yeah. Can can we also got now make on their this, ass? Can, can we make this more like the '97 version of the Horsemen and also have like three fucking women come out with them every week too, so that you have. So that so <laughs> I you mean, we could. Them. That'd be great. So that you <laughs> have, right ones. So that you have like like the full-scale entourage in there all the time it's, it's, it's ridiculous it's That's like you, can have, you could have the new woman the new miss elizabeth uh some other chick random. i thought yeah. they were gonna, i thought they were gonna that's why they were doing that promo was to kick them out it was funny though when they were like this is the best promo in the business and then they gave the mic to nakazawa <laughs> yeah so it's really either get rid of the goons or get rid of the hangers on or both preferably so would we say the hangers on are more like a dingleberry? Cutler. Yeah. <laughs> they they are that too. That's about as much uh, value as they add. And it, so, it, it the show got like got thing kind of in the middle. It got, you know, MJF was great when he said that he has Bruce Pritchard on speed dial. That was fabulous. <laughs> MJF, MJF's promo, he once again proved why he is one of the best, if not the best promo in the business right now. When he called him a, when he called Darby a skateboarding mime or whatever, that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. He, was, he, made, he, made, he made Darby look kind of dumb in that promo, but Darby kind of gave it back a little, so I, I like that promo. No, and it's fine. That That's a good place for those two, that you've got two of their talents, and Sammy Guevara finally got, got his due. He finally won a belt, and that dude has I, deserved a belt for six months. I totally skipped watching that match because I just figured he had no chance of winning that. Oh, I, I, me and Joe actually talked about it the day before. And I said, we, me and Joe both said, if Miro and Sammy is the last match, Guevara is going to win. Joe, what did you want to say, sir? Uh, I want to go back to the uh, Kenny Omega thing um, with Cornette and his promos. So I, I know what Cornette's talking about. So it was mostly in Japan. But here's the reason why he did it. Let me ask you a question. When you're watching Japanese movement, you see sub, you see the dub over. How does it look? Usually, Weird, how does it sound? Or... How does it sound? Wait a minute. Are you referring sounds... to the back of the Sometimes I wonder what the mouth movements are saying. Correct. 
Yeah. It so always... he spoke his promos. He used to do his promos in that type of format when he was in Japan. Like he knows how to speak Japanese fluently. So he would cut a promo in English and it would be kind of that tone. And he would talk like with spaces between the words mm-hmm. to, to, to replicate that specifically. And then he would cut the rest, uh, the rest of his promo in, in Japanese and stuff like that. So he was so purposely slowing yeah, down correct. speech. Correct. And, and of course, the problem is, is like, that's, that's what I don't get. Because people don't understand what Omega, like he has, some of his storylines are just not like six months. He had a storyline with one of his ex-tag team partners that was like a two-year storyline. They start off a tag team, won the tag belts. They kind of split up, had a mini feud per se with each other. And then one went his way and then Omega went his way. And then towards the end, they kind of came back and they kind of like finished the storyline. Well, um, let's but, kind of what they're doing with Hangman and Kenny potentially. So well, see, and here, Correct. And here's That's why I'm not really upset about that because I have a feeling they're going the same semi route and concept with him and, and uh, Hangman. So here's my thought. I don't. I'm gonna assume that Cornette watches wrestling from all over, like he watches it from all over. But maybe he doesn't understand a hundred percent how the Japanese wrestling is done, like in the way they do. I just don't think he cares for it. You know, and maybe 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 he does understand and doesn't care for it. But you can't just because you don't care for a product doesn't mean that it doesn't have value even if some of the stuff is really goofy or quirky or whatnot you can't hang a whole person's career on one portion of their career you gotta eventually get past that and say okay i'm looking at this person now how have they evolved how are they different you know have they evolved if they're still doing the same shtick from you know what in a previous thing because they haven't evolved, well, okay, then you can kind of poop on them if you want to. I mean, and Kenny, the exploding match that they did earlier this year was not good. That 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 match was those kind matches of a, shouldn't even they shouldn't even try that, those gimmick matches that match anymore. Was kind of a fail. AEW failed with that one. So, but other if you take that match out of the equation, Kenny gets in the ring. They call him the best bout machine because that's what he does. You put the guy in the ring. And he has good matches with everybody. His only match this year that wasn't great was the exploding match. And the match itself was fine. They were just trying it was to just do a gimmick. They were trying to do too much. And then the ring exploding was bad. But then, you know, it, it's you have WWE with Finn Balor, the fucking rope breaking, and we've still not got an explanation for how why that happened. So, like you, I mean that, that oh, it's was the cameraman. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jeremy, just just on, at the pay-per-view on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Seamus had wrestled earlier in the night and he had climbed up on this top rope like three times, Jeremy. Mm-hmm. So in the main event, when Roman and Finn fought, Finn was going to win. He was standing on the top rope and the top rope broke. For no, like It was a gimmick, clearly, but there's been no explanation yet why the, the ring rope broke. They just have kind of written it off and said, oh, well, the ring rope broke. There's no explanation. That was just our shit finish. <laughs> Okay. 180-pound <laughs> Finn Balor broke the ropes, but 250 or 270-pound Sheamus did not. But Finn, 180-pound <laughs> soaking wet Finn Balor broke the top rope. So so by the time Finn Balor and them at some point in time 
unbeknownst to the crowd, they gimmicked the top rope. Yes, because you can, if you watch, you can the see... The cameraman did it. You can see Finn, like, brace himself. Like, you can see him, like, in his face. You can tell he's bracing himself because he knows it's going to break. <laughs> yeah. Oh, WWE. That was their finish to a pay-per-view, and the pay-per-view itself was fine. It wasn't a bad pay-per-view. Most of the matches were solid, but that was what yeah. we got. We got that garbage finish at the end, and I wanted Roman to win, but I didn't really want some finish like that where we – Paul Heyman should have been the one that did it or something. There should have been a reason why the ring rope broke, and WWE, just because the draft started, it's almost like they just pretended it – oh, it happened. Well, if they so don't long. acknowledge it, it doesn't happen. Somewhat. Okay. It, was, it, yeah. was, it was kind of disappointing. It was a disappointing like, end to that pay-per-view. It's like accidentally wiping your ass and putting your finger in your butthole and liking it. If you pretend it didn't happen, then it didn't really happen. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really like that. I'm just going to continue you to wipe get, my ass. <laughs> you don't get nothing. <laughs> I didn't like that. Nope, nope, I didn't like that. Showing that ooh, that felt good. Nope, nope. <laughs> we got we got to see Seth Seth show up at Edge's house last night, and Seth is so good at playing that like smarmy heel. And he showed up at Edge's house and was like acting like he was gonna do something to Edge's kids. And then like Edge Edge called uh, FTR, called him by their real names, but he actually called. They had him calling FTR on the phone, so that's an interesting cross promotion thing last night that he was calling. Harwood and Dash, or whatever, you know, he was calling them on his phone because I guess he's really good friends with them and they're in AEW. So it was really strange that he called them. I think it's pretty sad that WWE's going back to the home invasion gimmick. They haven't Let's done have it do for a, a home while. invasion. Seth's the perfect person to do it though, because he's he does that cackle and that cackle is like hard to duplicate that like cackle laugh that he does so i just remember them doing that when triple h and uh randy orton were feuding and didn't uh, tr- randy oh, orton go to triple h's home and like well, go after stephanie cena well, they did it with cena and orton too and i mean come on pillman and austin was the greatest home invasion ever so yes it was he's got a gun <laughs> Oh, at least yes. we're not, at least we're not seeing another supermarket sweep with uh you know two two WWE people. Don't Yeah, at least at least we're not getting a redo of that whole thing. You know what though? It, that, it, was it, one, that was that was still one of my favorites. No, I'm not taking yeah. anything away from that. I thought it was great at the time. I'm just glad they didn't retry and redo yeah. it. No, they shouldn't <laughs> because they said that that wasn't really scripted. They've you know said that they kind of just winged it. So. Yep. And he, he was like, price check on a jackass or whatever. <laughs> like, and like, they, they kind of were just winging it on that. So, like, that made it more special that they just, like, were like, we're going to figure it out as, as we go. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it was a real grocery store that they <laughs> paid to rent. Tore up. <laughs> and then they tore the, tore the thing up. <laughs> like, legit tore it up. So, it's is that, you know, like, like I, I loved it in the moment. And I'm glad they've never tried to redo it because there's just, like, there's just certain things, like, once is 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 good unless you're going to do it like 20 to 30 years later where most of the people that saw it the first time don't know that it, you know these people did not know that this happened so it's brand new to them you know that's different but yeah so pat joe joe actually told me something the other day that made me i, I kind of changed my mind a little bit about the, the the guy that you called the jim Cornette knockoff joe told me that that guy Dan like, lambert 
he's a huge wrestling mark joe said like he loves professional wrestling so i think him doing this is something he has wanted to do because he's a wrestling person i didn't really realize he was that big of a wrestling guy i don't really like the storyline still because i don't understand where exactly they're going with it but yeah i dislike him as much now knowing that he's like a big wrestling mark and he like wants is probably doing this because for him it's cool that he gets to you know be in a wrestling (laughs) storyline yeah he's a huge he has a he's he uh he collects all the old wrestling belts and a lot of other merchandise and memorabilia and stuff like that so he has a he has a huge collection of things i i actually only watched the brian danielson nick jackson match last night on dynam or on uh, rampage i didn't want to watch the women's match and supposedly jade cargill botched a bunch of shit again (laughs) so let's 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 define botch because uh i don't think she least okay so the actual match itself was was semi-sloppy from the rose is the best person in that match. right 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 for sure so Nile is not bad. She's just a big woman. Jade is the same. Jade's still green, so her moves just seem very. She seems. Uh, she, they're just. They're. They're. They're rough looking, unfortunately. But so in time, hopefully probably, that gets better. Yeah, they, that but means she, she probably needs to be off TV. Then she. She didn't really botch anything per se. Some of the moves probably weren't done smoothly, or someone. It okay. seems like a couple times someone might have missed something, and they kind of like improvised. Uh, the biggest issue I had was her chair shots. Those, <laughs> there was a couple of them that were fine, but there was some other ones that like, whoa, pump the brakes. You're like six foot and you can lift the brick house and you're strong as shit and you're, you're ripping the shit with this chair on Thunder Rosa, who's half your size. And I was like, whew, I mean, she's, she already got, well, see, since you didn't watch the show, I watched the show because I was curious about the, the the road show and she got in trouble for smacking red velvet in that segment because she smacked red velvet extremely too hard and left a handprint on her face. So uh, she kind of got in trouble for that by Brandy in regards to it. So I'm like, she's probably going to get shit for those chair shots she did uh, last night on Thunder or the other night on Thunder Rosa because they were, they were definitely oof. Yeah, a couple of them make were it fine. Look good. Yeah, but you don't have to she, hurt people. <laughs> the ones on the backs were fine, but like Thunder Rose is selling it for her, and then she's kind of like waiting, and she's kind of like fuck it, and then she started like hitting him like randomly, and I'm like, oh my god, what are you doing? Stop, please, you're gonna hurt it's, Thunder. <laughs> it's interesting that they moved Hit Row up to SmackDown because B Fab yes. is green as hell. Like she is, the other three guys can wrestle, but she's not, she's not good in the ring, Joe. She's had two matches <laughs> and she's not, she looks bad. And I'm like, wow, they may, maybe they're just going to make her strictly a valet when they move them to SmackDown because she can't wrestle. Like she's, she's bad right now. I mean, she's learning and she clearly maybe is fairly new. They're going to force her to learn on the main roster. That's what they're going to do. And she's going to either sink or swim. That'll work. That was one of the things. <laughs> Legitimately. That, I liked. that was one of the things I really liked on NXT. So there goes that, you know, hit Rose on SmackDown. And I, I still think Gargano might get drafted Monday. So NXT is just. <laughs> How can you ruin a show? 
the, the that was the best wrestling show on a week to week basis for a long time, and now it's they've completely ruined it. <laughs> yeah, Vince McMahon loses just a tiny bit, and he will take over and take a big <laughs> shit on it and fucking tear it. I down. know how to make this better. Let's put a bunch of big muscular guys, sweaty nuts. <laughs> And uh, make sure that they're between the ages of uh, 20 and 30, and uh, they haven't really ever wrestled before, and they don't know how to talk on the mic. Uh, what else can we do? Uh, no, that sounds good. And then we'll get these really pretty girls that don't know anything about wrestling. That sounds good, too. All right. Put the show on. <laughs> I, I, I do think that Rick Steiner's kid has all kinds of potential, and, I, and, I, and I'm okay with him. None of the other guys, none of the other new people. I, I don't give two shits about any of them. <laughs> so, really. I'm yeah. curious on some of them, but the other ones I'm still indifferent on. It, it's going to be, I mean, what was that one guy? They already changed his gimmick, gimmick after a week. Who, Gacy? <laughs> the, the, the woke guy? Yeah. The guy had a woke gimmick character. I'm like, wow. Oh, my that. God. Let's bring he politics and bullshit into this. He oh cut a God. promo, did a promo, and the next week, God. <laughs> yeah, they like probably learned. They learned the hard way. You, you you don't do woke gimmicks. You don't do anything political gimmicks like that's just. They should not. just bring a guy back I mean, and play I mean, this I mean, theme song again. Just, yeah, let's get some brother love up in here, man. <laughs> I love brother it. love. <laughs> I mean, think, think about it. They've never been successful with with doing, like political gimmicks i mean think of how terrible muhammad hassan ended up being and everything so yeah right to censor was okay the right to censor did okay yeah they did they, they did were okay for the most part some of them but that was that was around for really like what like a year at most but probably but whatever they were but it still worked for a while like i i thought it was entertaining for at, at points during it i didn't think it was bad so the, the ironic thing then, of course, is that like the, the type of group that they were land-basting, if you will, then is the exact opposite of the type of people that they were land-basting with a woke gimmick. So it's just <laughs> pretty funny. Vince, Vince, everything, like what all the stuff that Jeremy just said about NXT, Pat, you should have finished it up and said, this is some good shit. <laughs> shit. Jeremy's right. Jeremy's not even really watching it, and he kind of already knows what's going on on it. For somebody that's not really watching it, he did a pretty good job of summing that up. Well, the thing is, is so, he did. so here's the thing, and, and we've all watched wrestling for a fucking very long time. Me, oh. off and on, from time to time. You know, sometimes I, you know, I watched a lot when Hogan and them guys were in. And then I took a break, and then when Rock and all those guys became, you know, started to come up, I watched it a lot then. Then I took a break, seen in them guys were, you know, coming up. Then I was on it again, and now I'm taking a break. But the formula for fucking Vince has never changed through the entire era. It's always been the same since he took over. Big muscular guys that look powerful, but some are athletic. Most most of them can't fucking talk on the mic. That's his fucking Um. formula. And he thinks it's always going to work, and it just doesn't always work. There's always guys that are going to work in that formula. Oh, God, but, look at him. Yeah. Look at those, <laughs> those muscles. Ah. 
And they, he, they loved, actually, he loved being one of those guys, too. When he was on the cover of Fitness Magazine, he was all jacked up on roids with and the shit fucking like chains that. around his neck. <laughs> he loved being one of those big guys. Like, I'm a big guy, too. You know, I love my big guy. You know, I'm sorry. Like, you can't have a whole fucking wrestling roster full of those fucking guys. It just doesn't work. And if it's not big muscular guys, it's just big fat guys. Like King Kong Bundy yeah, just, and fucking just guys, guys like that. Like, like I'm they, sorry. They, it just doesn't always actually, work. They actually <laughs> gave Brock Lesnar a microphone and let him cut a backstage promo last night. He was actually kind of funny. Like, he threw Heyman under the bus again. So, like, they... He's been doing good with his promos lately. We're like, wow, Brock Lesnar gets his own mic time with nobody... It was him by himself with an interviewer, and he told the interviewer to hit the bricks, basically, and yeah. threw Heyman under the bus again. I told Joe that the ultimate payoff from this has to be Heyman going back with Brock. Like, there's no other payoff from the Roman Reigns-Brock thing other than Heyman has to go back with Brock. So, yeah. And I probably Brock does not need to win at Crown Jewel either. That, that, that We don't need... Brock's probably going to be the one to beat Roman, but it doesn't need to happen at this crown. The best jewel. thing at crown that can happen at crown jewel is that it gets canceled. Finish. The <laughs> crown jewel gets canceled. They're like, "Oh, I'm sorry, we can't do it." Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, mean, I don't, I don't mean to be a dickhead to the uh, people in Saudi Arabia who are WWE fans and everything, but uh, I, I, I'm sorry, they don't deserve to get to see like big matches and title changes like that. But yeah, uh, you saw that the. We are they are doing a King of the Ring and the Queen's Crown tournament. So we're getting a Queen of the Ring. Yes. Ooh, Queen's Crown. I'm actually kind of excited to see well, who's going to be in that for the females. Of, I don't give a shit about all, the men's side, to be honest. All I can say about that is if they do as good of a job uh in like making whoever wins this Queen of the Ring tournament you know, irrelevant. Be then like 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 the queen and everything, um, the way that they do with whoever they make be the king and everything, then it'll be a rousing success. Well, what they should do here's here's what they really should do. Okay, this is my thing. You have the king and the queen. They win, and they become a tag team, a mixed tag team, and all they fight is mixed tag teams. I mean, That'll they could have Bianca super... Montez. They could have Bianca and Montez win, or they could have Seth and Becky win. And all they do is fight mixed tag teams, and makes it but makes both of them quick, completely irrelevant. They never have a storyline that goes anywhere, and therefore, nothing ever happens because nothing usually does ever happen from the King of the Ringing. Very, very rarely. No, it's it's always a a, a short term thing. So yeah, there's so there's this guy get a get over there's with the time. crowd, have a win King of the Ring. <laughs> I wonder what the whatever AEW is going to do in Owen Hart tournament. I wonder what that's going to end up being since they announced that. Oh, I'm surprised WWE ever yeah. WWE never jumped on that train to do an Owen Hart tournament. Oh, because they. Uh, they yeah, yeah. Good luck with that one. WWE. Oh, I know <laughs> she does. I know she does. I I remember seeing the, the, the dark side of the ring, man. She like fucking hates them with a passion. Yeah. Well, She'll never awesome. sign off on anything. Yeah, part, 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 part of the settlement was that for, I think, for WWE to be able to use him in any way, shape, or form, she would have to give her okay. Mm. And if it was yep. anything that was going to basically have the remote chance of WWE being able to make money off of it, she basically said, no, fuck you. Which is still trying to figure out then how they released that one DVD compilation a few years ago. 
um, because obviously WWE made money off that. So, um, you know, I don't know how that actually came about successfully. So, yeah, it might have been had to do something with the fact that it's on their information. Could be royalties their database. You know, it's their their content. it, it might be. It may have also been a thing where they just said, ah, fuck it, we're putting it out. If she doesn't like it, tough shit. Yeah, that's so a possibility, too. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. always well, She could sue them, and that'd be another thing. Yeah. She'd probably get royalties out of it. I would have right. negotiated the fuck out of that one. So, we've talked some wrestling. Very good. Very good discussion on wrestling. Uh, good way to end, kind of bring us into our Mount Rushmore, individual Mount Rushmores of our favorite wrestlers of all time. Well, maybe not of all time, but are just our favorite wrestlers. I guess could be all time. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's what I was kind of shooting for. Your your so, four favorite wrestlers of all time. So, so if you want to pick, if you want to pick Kane, then that's fine. So, so we're gonna put whipped cream on the top of the penis, and uh, you know, Ooh. maybe a pair of cherry on top of that too. <laughs> all right, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> So since AJ came up with this thought of doing this, I would love, I'm going to have AJ go first. So AJ, your uh, Mount Rushmore of favorite wrestlers. Uh, two of them. I think everybody would is going to know. So, okay. Shawn Michaels and the rock. Okay. Junkyard dog. Go ahead. What? <laughs> I said junkyard dog. <laughs> Nikolai Volkov. <laughs> so, <laughs> Dwayne and Dwayne and uh, Shawn Michaels are the were the easy ones. These uh-huh. these other ones were tough. So I'm gonna go with Brock Lesnar. Okay. And because I was going back and forth between Lesnar and Cena, and when they fight each other, I I always cheered for Lesnar. Like I can't really think of an instance where I didn't cheer for Brock. Like I can't even when he fought the Rock, I was cheering for Brock. So I really have been a Brock mark from pretty much day one. So I'm the one person that's always liked Brock, no matter what. And then my last person, I kind of went back and forth between my two favorite wrestlers now. And because one of them is a jobber right now, WWE, I decided to go with Mr. Adam Cole, baby, because he is probably my, he's been one of my favorite wrestlers for the last like four or five years, him and Kevin Owens, it's kind of been back and forth between them. And I think Owens is done in WWE at this point. I think he's he's a jobber essentially oh, now. So I he's think he's got one jobber put uh, out the door. If you would have three years ago, I would have picked Owens, but I'm gonna take Cole now because I, I I like both of those guys. So that my four is Shawn Michaels, Dwayne Johnson, Brock Lesnar, and Adam Cole. Okay. All right. So I'll, I'll go next because I kind of had an idea of – I didn't have 100%. I wasn't 100% sure which who I was going to all go with, but I have a better idea. So um, I'm going to put Macho Man on there on my – got to go with the Macho Man. Um, and, of course, The Rock, you know, definitely <laughs> is – he's by far my all-time favorite. Um, so Macho Man and The Rock. And then, you know, I've – I wanted to put Cena on there. I really did. Um, but just, I don't know. I, I, there was so many times that I felt like he got stale and it was like really kind of hard to watch. Um, 
But another one I'm going to put on there, and this one, uh, AJ's going to love this one, but I'm going to put uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin on there because I've always been a Stone Cold fan. <laughs> I love watching watching those guys. Um, and my last one um, is going to be someone f- more that's currently still wrestling and, and watched him on TNA uh, a lot. Or and was AJ Styles. So I've always, always, always enjoyed him. Like me too. I mean, he's never yeah. been like it wasn't always his gimmick, like the way he could talk on the mic, because that was now what always very good. He's had he's been good and bad on the mic, but it's his in ring ability and what he could do and tell the story and and shit like that's always been like fucking top notch to me. So, that's my four. Who are they again? Repeat that for me. So, we got the Macho Man, The Rock, Stone Cold, and AJ Styles. Okay. That's a good group. Okay, uh, do I get your approval? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) All right, and since Darth Pat looks like he is extremely enamored and ready to go, (laughs) Darth Pat, who's your four, sir? Who's your Mount Rushmore's? Well, I was thinking about this, and I was thinking of myself. <laughs> how do I really evaluate? How do I really evaluate who was like my favorite and everything? So Hakeem, the know, American Hakeem. Gonna go with Hakeem. <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> um. Well, basically what I mean is like, you know, were my favorite guys all just the guys like when I was growing up or I didn't, you know, really, of course, realize that wrestling was fake or was it more like the guys once I was like, you know, smart to know that it's all show and blah, blah, blah. And I realized that any of the guys like from like the second part that I just mentioned there, like none of them were ever like more favorite for me than the guys from when I was growing up. So all my guys are pretty well more old school there's a shocker didn't see that one coming (laughs) hey Hey, if you don't pick your twin brother i'm gonna be really pissed all right (laughs) it's just just the way it is um so first on that list is macho man um you know you always gotta love the guy who's kind of crazy and look kind of crazy and talk kind of crazy but did all these amazing you know high flying moves and you know so look like he kick your ass so Macho Man, um, Roddy Piper. Um, and see, the funny thing is, of course, you know, everybody remembers Piper as being the classic heel and everything. But when I really started watching wrestling, you know, he had turned face. So I never saw like the prime Piper, uh, prime Piper, you know, heel when he's, you know, cracking the coconuts over Jimmy Snuka's head and feuding with Hulk Hogan and, and everything like that. Like my first memories of Piper are really cutting off Adrian Adonis's hair, then disappearing, uh, and then coming back and spraying, you know, Martin Downey Jr. with the fire extinguisher and all that shit. But, you know, <laughs> Piper, Piper, Piper to me was always one of the most entertaining guys out there. Mm-hmm. So um, next one then uh, was Bret Hart, which kind of surprised me that I ended up going with Bret Hart, but I really couldn't think of anybody else who, who I liked better because, I remember liking Brett at first because once again, I kind of didn't really remember him being heel. So he was like always like a face, but he always had like the great underdog mentality. 
he I was like the fact that he gave the glasses away to the kids, you know, because I think somewhere deep down there was always that hope, like, oh, maybe I can be that kid someday, you know, <laughs> like kids like the glasses from Bret Hart. And I thought the sunglasses that he wore were cool. So, um, but then you know, just, having, just having the appreciation for again, like I said, him being like the underdog, you know, being like the anti like 1980s WWF guy, like the guy who won because he was that good in the ring and and everything like that and he always fought hard and he never backed down and he was always there you know he was like never gone so 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 bret hart and then so we come to the fourth one and i said to myself <laughs> i don't like this guy right <laughs> but get on with it we, just, we, <laughs> we just, know who you're gonna take pat so just do it right my point is i don't like him anymore but you can't really ever deny For personal reasons was, yeah because of the kind of person that he turned out to be but the problem is is that you just can't ever deny that he was always the guy that i watched for and wanted to see all the time and obviously that was hope so um you know, I would never, I would definitely not put him on a list of my favorite people. And I know if you ask me, like, who's my favorite wrestlers, like, now or anything like that, he wouldn't be anywhere near it. But, you know, talking all time and everything, just because of the history and everything, you know, he, he has to be on that list. Because I wouldn't have watched wrestling if it wasn't for Hulk Hogan. I just yeah. probably wouldn't know. So, yeah. All right. So, reluctant, reluctantly, he's on there. <laughs> <laughs> reluctantly. I was I'll be honest. I was surprised that you didn't at least pick one person from the modern era, or at least the attitude era. I was a little surprised by that. There just there just really wasn't anybody who I could say that I like like them so much that I like them more than those four guys. I mean, like yeah. I thought about I thought about Undertaker, I thought about Foley, but then I said, well, no, that's really been more of appreciation for his character, like outside the ring mm -hmm. than everything. Um, I wasn't a huge, ever a huge Austin fan or a huge Rock or Michaels fan, like in the sense of like being more so than those guys. Like those guys took a while for me to to start liking, and uh, Jericho would fall into that realm too. And then some more recent guys like Cena, of course. I just like yeah, but I don't think I've ever liked Cena more than I like those other guys. So that was that was the way I kind of looked at it. Yeah, all right, understandable. Theo, what you got for us, sir? Well, I'll bet he's picking the guy on his shirt. <laughs> That's a possibility. <laughs> First guy, <laughs> Jeremy took. Oh, it's my dude, AJ Styles. I'm throwing music into this bitch tonight. <laughs> so, rocking up, AJ Styles, a phenomenal one. He's my first person on my list. I'm surprised you and me, Jeremy, had. <laughs> the same person on both their lists. I was a little I shocked picked, there. I thought about picking him too. So, but hey, that was uh, one of my favorite. That was one of my favorite moments of more modern wrestling history. Royal Rumble. Yeah, it was his Royal Rumble debut. Because I never yeah. thought it would actually happen. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I kind of knew it was happening because I watched New Japan. So, but still. um I don't know if I have the right theme song for this next one. I forget which one this is. Get theme music and everything. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> this is the version AJ does not like of Sir Sting. Sting oh, is my Sting. next person because this is the Crow version. Oh. 
Yeah, that's, um, his, that, that's his Crow WCW music. CW thing, yes, yes. Before they stepped to that Metallica song. Yeah. It's very organy sounding. Yeah, I was a big fan of the Metallica song. I like Metallica, just not a big fan of the song. The other guy, I have just liked this guy for this is this guy right here. Wow. Rob Van Dan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I kept a PG the yes. whole fucking show, but <laughs> who's there? What what is what does that mean? Is that was was that his ECW? TNA. Uh, the TNA that was actually his TNA music. Yeah. That, okay. Unfortunately, the TNA music is the music of his I like the most. All the the ECW music wasn't bad, but you know that was. Yeah, no, that music was awesome. actually really good. That you, yes, that one surprised me, Joe. The other three guys you're picking, I knew that was the one I I didn't know. So. Um. Yeah, I was a huge. I mean, I went to ECW shows back in the mm-hmm. day. I used to go with my friend and his and his cousin. His cousin drove because we didn't have our driver's license at the time so we, we would drive down the field to go to ecw shows and they were just awesome um in regards to that and they started coming up to um oh, what the hell is that place in bethlehem um stabler they, they came to stabler uh, several times too i saw a uh eight man tag match which was a eight man ladders tag match and hence that the Majority of that match took place outside of the wrestling ring. <laughs> while two guys were kind of inside and everywhere else, everyone else was all over. Um, in sections where the wrestlers probably shouldn't have been fighting and putting each other through tables, they were over there. And then there was guys <laughs> over here in the section where it was blocked off. There was two guys in the ring. I think Sandman and uh, Dreamer in the ring fighting. Uh, New Jack and Rob Van Dam and them were out uh, doing spots and in, in, into the crowd. New Jack and should it was probably crazy. be in prison right now. Oh uh, yeah, that's <laughs> that <laughs> motherfucker is just crazy. Bro, He's crazy. Real, real quick, you Joe, Sandman. Did you I see? I forgot that the, he died. The video of Pat McAfee when he was in Philly came out like with the Sandman, like came out to enter Sandman, and he had the he had the kendo stick, everything. He was acting like yes. the Sandman. Yeah, yeah, I I, uh, I pay attention to what Pat McAfee does. He's a he's a very interesting character. I listen to his podcast, or his not really podcast, his morning show that he does um, most of the time uh, when I get a chance to listen to All it. Right. Yeah, he's he's a cool dude. Hit us and then um, I think you're going to pick. As yeah, we, we all know who Joe's last person is going to be. Come on now. Wait, how do you how do you not know that? I'm it's not 100 percent sure. Holster, oh, I am. He's Maybe it's the holster. Yes, it is CM Punk. Jeremy <laughs> is 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 my last guy. So, yes, this music's awesome too. But um, RVD, Sting, AJ Styles, and CM Punk. Those and are my I, four I guys. I do three of yours. Uh, Jay's gonna be when I tell Jay you picked RVD. I've loved RVD. He was he was by far my favorite ECW guy of all time. I actually asked I asked Jay. And I asked Eli this question too. And Eli took Cena, Eddie Guerrero, Pete Dunn, and Adam Cole. He's a lot younger than us too. So he, we're 20 years, he's 20 years younger than us. So he doesn't know. And I, Jay took RVD, Seth Rollins, Savage, and Snooka. So 
Oh boy. <laughs> hey. Schnooker was one of those guys like yeah but i mean that that picking a lot of ways is just as problematic as me picking hogan so but that's his from the childhood that's the childhood thing oh i know and and yeah it's just that's 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 one i don't it's not even what happened because i you know what happened is it happened but as far as like overall wrestling and stuff like that there was in my personal opinion there was nothing awesome about snooker he did like one really cool jumped off the cage and that was like to find his entire career. It's like Snuka as an overall performer was decent, not like something special. Right. But, but it's, it's, you know, it's just like if I ask the other Pat who his, it's going to be, he's going to put Mr. Ass on there. And most of us think he's, I don't think he's anything special and he's going to put Billy Gunn on his four because that's one of his four favorite wrestlers of all time. So, right. But that one, at least with him, there was like, I had actually enjoyed watching him like wrestle. Mm -hmm. He's not really that good of a wrestler though. Not really. I'm not saying that he is. I at least enjoy. He's a good worker in the ring though. Like I, I'm not saying like he was the greatest wrestler, but I at least enjoyed watching him in his matches. Like, it was, you know, there were certain things that he did, you know, he had certain things that he could do that were were watchable. Where Snuka, there wasn't, like, I, I don't I don't know. He, I can't remember anything about any of his matches, like, that I ever saw. Like, not that I saw a ton of his matches, but what I did, I don't, <laughs> I don't fucking remember them. It's not like anything was memorable. Well, that's, but that's the thing about this. It's just your yeah. favorites, so it doesn't really right. matter. And I, and I don't, I could not faulting anybody for that. I'm just like I'm just kind of surprised by the Snooker one of all of of any of the people that you could pick. So that's all. Just surprised I could by nitpick. That, I could nitpick everybody if I really wanted to. Trust me. Right. So, and, and like I said, uh, I'm not nitpicking. You, I'm just, yes, we just know. surprised. We, we <laughs> yes, we know. Yeah. And once again, I'm not nitpicking. I'm just like I said. I was just surprised by a, a Snooker pick, like of all of all the wrestlers <laughs> I, out there. I knew he was. I, that's somebody that Jay's always talked about since I've been friends with him. So like, you know, nobody's, nobody's really surprised me like four people they picked. Mine was tough because I was trying to pick at least one person that was currently wrestling. So, because I, I like wrestling a lot right now. So I was trying to pick somebody that was currently wrestling, which Joe got his shirt and I got my, I got my Adam Cole all elite shirt yesterday. So what does that say? Um, all elite baby. Yes. <laughs> and that's that's probably my favorite wrestling moment in the last five years was being at All Out and seeing Adam Cole show up. That's probably my favorite. Like Pat was talking about AJ being at the Royal Rumble. Being there and seeing Cole show up is probably the, the coolest thing I've seen in wrestling in 10 years probably for me. Oh, yeah. So, it's, it's a cool I, moment. Anytime and you I get to be there. Punk, I got to see CM Punk wrestle in Chicago to boot on that day too. So that was another like – that was like the bonus <laughs> Yeah, anytime yeah. that you can see somebody that you really like show up unexpectedly at something like that, you know, even though you may know that they're coming to that wrestling, but it'd be unexpected that they're going to be there that day. It's always a cool fucking moment, and it lasts, and, and it's, it sticks in your mind forever. Find me, like, and this is no offense to anybody else in wrestling, but they were used to wrestle in smaller venues. Find me somebody in wrestling that gets a bigger pop than Cole does for the Adam Cole baby. There's nobody right now that gets a bigger pop than he does right now for that. Like the AEW fans are eating that up right now. So mm-hmm. he's getting yes, they are. the right people. Cause in, if he were to went to the main roster, 
the WWE fans, I don't know how much how well they would have taken to him. So I don't know if it they would have lasted, but it wouldn't have been the same. It so, wouldn't have been the same. All right. Does anybody have anything else before we kind of call it a night here? That was good. No. Those, those, those were good. There was there was some overlap. I knew me and you were gonna pick the rock for me like that mm-hmm. when I knew it was coming. So what a, what another crazy day in college football. Um yeah, college football is always a toss-up. You just never know. Well, I mean, Oregon got beat. Uh, Florida. They, they, they were number three. Florida got beat. Cincinnati beat Notre Dame. Uh, Georgia killed Arkansas. I mean, right now it's like Alabama and Georgia are pretty heading and forward. Everybody else. So, yeah. Um, but we're going to find out. We're going to find out next week, Pat, if Penn State's for – we're, we're going to find out next week if they're for real. Well, yeah, for both for both of those teams, really. Yeah, one of those teams. We're gonna find out which team is for real out of those two teams next week. So yeah, that'll be a that'll be a pretty hard hitting affair, I think. But uh, I don't know if you guys saw the end of that Oregon Stanford game. Um, Stanford was down a touchdown, and they went on a long drive, which I guess got aided by uh, two personal foul penalties, including one where they called uh, Thibodeau for targeting, which I thought was a bad call. I think the, the uh, whole targeting those targeting thing, think, things are been a little iffy. I, I think the whole I think the whole targeting rule either needs to be massively revised or just completely removed. But but then the thing was is that they called pass interference in the end zone on Oregon as time expired. So Stanford got one untown dime or untimed down, untimed down <laughs> and, they, and, and they and they threw it to the, the touchdown the game tying touchdown pass on it, and then they went to overtime and they won and um the color analyst was saying that he felt like the penalty that they called oregon for on pass interference on that last play was that there was worse that had not been called consistently throughout the game so a little bit of controversy there, but again, obviously the result stands and everything. So, um, you know, like your, your top five tomorrow is probably going to be Alabama, Georgia, Penn State, Iowa, Oklahoma. So very, uh, and Penn State and Iowa score off next, next week. So, yeah, it would be, uh, yeah. All right. Well then we're going to call it a night and we're going to thank everybody for watching. If you watched us live today, We're going to thank everybody for watching later on YouTube, if you catch it on YouTube. And we're going to thank everybody for listening to us wherever you catch your listening experience. We, you know, we, as much as um, we enjoy this, we just hope that you guys are enjoying it just as much as we are. Because as much as we do it for ourselves, we really do it for you guys too. So, um, you know. We can't we can't thank our our listeners enough and just to guys give you guys a little our viewers and listeners and you guys we have people we really do have people call, listening from all over the world because we've got some German people from Germany we've got awesome. uh, no people nobody in Australia yet uh, but we got India we got you know damn Aussies. Uh, I think we have Spain in there like we got different people from all over the world catching us uh, you know so and listening so. It's pretty cool. We got some can- Canadians, so ha- hello, Canadians. Canadians. Can- Canadians. Yeah, that, that's a fucking word. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't do you the You screwed it up anymore. or not. Somehow Jeremy, Jeremy managed to butcher Canadians. <laughs> They're but like, yes. oh, these fucking Americans can't say Canada right. Oh, fuck that. No, no the Canuckers. Um, so, but yes. <laughs> 
So, but thank you everybody for listening, wherever you're catching us, however you're catching us, uh, where, uh, you know, whatever country you're listening, we'd really do appreciate you guys listening in and listening to us. So with that, we are going to say good evening, good morning, good night, good afternoon, and at whatever, ever time zone, you have a nice one and we'll catch you on the next episode. Do drop in next week. <laughs>